keep away from pumpkin head unless you're tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead. He's mean and unforgiving. Cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman. From the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full blooded half Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 141 of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the Revenge Demon Pumpkinhead Moods. Yeah. And of course, I got my two podcast pushers by my side. First up, we have the Mexican Manitou, the anti-superhero, a.k.a. the argumentative Avenger, JP. Yeah. And last up, we got the self-proclaimed king of the 4K format, Mr. Freelance Worker himself, Jeremy the motherfucking Jew. What's going on, boys? I just want to start off the show by saying uh, Jerry is a fucking asshole because today he was posting on the Shudder's Facebook page about awesome horror podcasts, and he literally listed every single podcast from the Horrorphilia Network besides ours. So, Jerry, fuck you, man. You could suck a bag of dicks. Really? Wow, Jerry. Fucking asshole. Wow. That's crazy. It's one yeah, thing to just, you know, it's one thing to single out you and diss the shit out of you, but when he's dissing me, that's not fight. That that's them some fighting words there, motherfucker. Yeah, man. And I was looking at me like, too. I mean, like, I was co-host with this fool. <laughs> like like fifteen fucking exploding heads and like three of ours. Oh, people actually dropped us. Yeah, from us. Drops. Besides Jerry, because he's a fucking asshole. I will say one thing. If there's one thing that I have noticed is that Exploding Heads listeners do uh, drop them a lot in those type of posts. I see them all the time. So um, even though a lot of our listeners are the same as theirs, some of our listeners... And and Joey Colombo, fuck you too. Shouts out NFW podcast, Exploding Heads and the Horror Corridor, but doesn't mention us. Who's Joey Colombo? From freaking Horror Mafia, bro. Horror Mafia. The show I was on. Here we are getting mad that we're not getting dropped and we have no idea who Horror Mafia is. <laughs> They're on the network. <laughs> is, that the, on, is that the show that you the did? Show. Yeah. No. I don't yeah. think I've heard of them. Yeah, this me is, neither. This, Fuck them. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I actually like Joey a lot. He's pretty funny. But um, no, that, no, no hate. Whatever. Is that his you real know, last yeah, name, Columbo? I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. That was a kick-ass, <laughs> that was a kick-ass show back in the day. I didn't even see that post. 
yeah, it's like so much fucking everybody besides us. Yeah, I, 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 think- I do give props to the people that did drop us. Thank you, homies. Yep. And I give a lot of fuck yous to the people that didn't. Especially Jerry. <laughs> but you know what? Those motherfuckers were thinking about us, man. They're just like, fuck that show, man. But that's cool, man. That's cool. To, to be fair. I got, I got no problem with that. I man. have seen Jerry drop our name before. And you know who's somebody who oh, always fucking, drops are us? You, are you seriously going to fucking defend this motherfucker? How are you going <laughs> to list everybody besides us? Well, no, we and are, Jerry was probably exaggerating. And it was like he listed exploding no, heads. And like he listed. You want me to read the fucking thing? Yeah, actually, I do. Okay. Let me pull it up. But you know who does always drop us? And he Dave. Probably, he probably dropped Married to Children on there, too, didn't he? <laughs> probably <laughs> Dave always drops us dude I see it all Let's the time see, there's I, this I, post I, here's the post and Jerry says kill the cast exploding heads the ABCs of hidden horror the podcast under the stairs the follower of the podcast and it's sub show hero hero ghost show okay, Friday what? the 13th horror podcast cinema side pops and that's it alright if we can't be lumped into at least that <laughs> list I, I do feel slightly offended <laughs> There's some good shows on that list, but what the hell is you Friday are wrong. the 13th? Um, it's a show that uh, okay, I know man. it's been get, it's been it's been on the come up. Like yeah. people have been mentioning okay, it a lot Okay, did you just lately. say on the come up of a show yeah, called Fry, Fry Gay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a pretty that's a pretty good title. That was good. That's a pretty it's good not name. bad. I, I don't I haven't listened yet, but I assume dude are that the hosts maybe gay? people I think I would problems. assume so. I would assume so. because if they're not gay, that actually makes it kind of gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they are, that's totally fucking funny as hell. I I've seen the hosts around in different groups and stuff. They seem like cool, or at least one of them. Why the fuck is cool. Exploding Heads on this Legion podcast? They've Hell. been on Legion for like years at this point. Jerry Jerry jumped ship. He's he's on Legion now, but not on Horophilia anymore. No. Yeah, why don't we be on fucking asshole? Um, I don't know. I just I never reached out to lead. Why didn't you? <laughs> Because I don't give. I would I rather Derek, we'd still I be on our website if it was me. Derek has like fourteen podcasts on Legion, I think, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Legion Legion's a good network. Yeah. Uh, I think Podcast Under the Stairs with um, Duncan used to be on there, if I'm not mistaken. I think he left to start his own thing um, or focus more like on the indie sh- side of things. But um, that show is good. D- Duncan's Podcast Under the Stairs show, the one that. Um, uh, Jerry listed. That's a really good show. I do listen to that from time to time. Um, they do some. He does. He's he's like a workaholic, dude. He's constantly pumping out new content. Like if if you would, I would think it was his job because of the amount of stuff that he's always working on. He has like a bunch of different spinoffs and different specials and stuff like that. Pretty cool. But I know you two don't. You two fucks don't listen to podcasts that much anymore. I know Moods. You used to listen to them a little bit more, but I used I don't to. Think I used to listen to. I just, man, dude, like, we're listening to Howard Stern. I can't listen I to podcasts in a at long work. time, man. I just caught up on Exploding Heads. I'm like two episodes behind now. I was like ten behind. <laughs> so. I could do it when I was driving around, you know, listen to podcasts and shit. But like when I'm working, I got my headphones on, like listen to podcasts. I don't know. I I need mu- I need something to motivate me. I need fucking music. So I just I just yeah. bump synth music all day to keep if me you fucking want going. To- if you want something to like do the opposite of motivate you, like I don't know, like commit suicide or something, just <laughs> listen to Brandon Solocast. Oh, from, I thought you were gonna uh, talk about our heads back in the day. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say our outro when Jeremy does. 
<laughs> oh, that too. If just, you paired those two together, it'd be if you had Jeremy on the outro of Brandon's solo cast, boom. If you're not feeling good about yourself and you feel like ending it all, just go into the show notes and click the outro number. <laughs> That'll send you right over the edge. I there. used to not even put the outro number. <laughs> I do sometimes. If the, if it like if it gets cooler after Jeremy's part, it would be I'll okay if you could understand what the fuck he was saying. <laughs> He's not saying anything. Come on, Jeremy. He sounds like a um auctioneer. Like, and if you want to follow us, uh, hit up on twenty two shots and uh, go <laughs> and on. You do it. He probably <laughs> is, man. He's probably selling some shit. We just can't understand him. <laughs> yeah, I used to do. You were, when, when you left us. He's actually listing his fucking eBay shit on there. We didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, if you listen closely, it's like, it's like, uh, and I got a copy of Fangor issue number 125 on eBay, lot number 625967. I think it's a mystery today. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm on that shit every day. Ah, fuck. You know what? Killer. You know what? I actually fucking bought my very first thing on eBay in I think the last purchase I had was like a year ago or something. And I bought the complete collection of the yeah, I know everyone's going to laugh at this, but I'm a fucking dork, I know. Um I bought the complete collection of uh the new series, the new Garbage Pail Kids horror series. Yeah, that's those. not even that nerdy. Like, I would buy those. Those are fun. <laughs> I know Al- Alex is bottom. Yeah, I got like a ton of old school garbage pail. I've always been a really big fan Me of garbage too. pail. I have kids a lot too. Got the book yeah, and everything. And, oh, actually. And when they came out the horror, I was like, man, I got a snake. It was a really good price for it. And I was like, fuck, I can't pass this up. So they're cool, man. I nerded they're, they're out. Cool. I like garbage pail kids. Yeah, man. They I, stopped know. making those cereal things a few years ago. Yeah, the serial killers. I've got, I've got, uh, you know, series one and series two, and that's it. I think that's all they did. Those were cool. Yeah, they were cool. It was cool. Basically, just spin off of the garbage pail kids. But yeah, I was to check this out. I was uh, before we uh, when I was still at work before I came home to record this show. I figured, you know, to save some time, I had to go pick up diapers for my niece. And to save some time, I, I thought you were going to say Jeremy for Jeremy. Oh, a second. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is they're probably the same the size, size six. What size do you wear, Jeremy? Seven and a half. Okay, so they, won't fit, they won't fit Jeremy. Uh, but I sent Carly. I do it so when I'm on eBay and I'm looking for stuff, I don't have to get up to shit. I could just shit right in the diaper. So that's why I wear them. It's, it's, you mean your mom doesn't come down with like a garbage pail? No. I'm, I'm not. I'm not carving. Okay. <laughs> and um, so I sent her to get the diapers over at Walmart, and I had them written. I wrote uh, the size on a piece of paper, but and she calls me, or I call her, and I'm like, "Yo, did you find them? Like, how much are they and stuff?" And she's like, "I can't find the Martin Lily brand." And I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> and Martin Lily is my grandfather's name, and it was written on the paper that I gave her. <laughs> That's amazing. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Look at so JP sending Carly there. to do his dirty. She's oh, standing fuck. there looking at the diaper owl like Martin Lily. I'm, I'm, I was hoping oh, that she got a oh, sales and was like, hey, do you have a Martin Lily brand? <laughs> Dude, Carly's not even blonde either. That's just that's double funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's probably going to be mad because I am leaving out a slight detail of the story for comedic sake so <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> um but yeah 
I thought that was pretty funny. I literally started laughing. I couldn't stop. I was like, what the hell? That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good, man. I'm laughing about that. I'm sorry, Carly, but that shit is funny. <laughs> and also, I am sick. I don't know if you can tell. Great. Yeah. Me too. Last week, whoop de doo It's going away, though. I sounded way... If we would have recorded yeah. on Sunday, I would have sounded like... A bag of gravel like me yeah you you sound like you're in an awful i think i would bang. need to take some estrogen to sound exactly like you but yeah. good one thanks i appreciate it <laughs> thanks for yet another insult that i'll add to the list of i don't give a fuck thanks <laughs> <laughs> that was actually pretty good <laughs> a list of <clears throat> i don't give a fuck <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah so so man, episode 141. You know, I was. I don't We're know like I, nine away from the big one fifty. Yeah. We mentioned that last show, but I mean, I know we mentioned cool. this last. I th- I think we brought it up last show too. All these, yeah. like, it was totally intentional with all these franchises. But here we go again. Have we started prep on 150? Another yes. franchise for y'all. I haven't. <laughs> I have been thinking about it. It's have hard. I have 491 films listed. Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm just thinking okay. of movies That's that I like. Crazy. I didn't even do that. Okay, so should we just announce it since we kind of teased it? Well, we might as or, well. We might as well. Okay, so what are we doing, Jeremy? Oh, I'm going to fuck it up. You could you could say. <laughs> well, fucking loosen up your pull-ups, dude. Come on. It, I doubt you'll fuck it up. Be a man. Pretty easy. <laughs> it's our top 50 favorite horror films. Our personal favorite horror films. Yeah, so each, each of us... We'll list 50 of our favorite horror films. And I think mm-hmm. these lists might be quite different because... Yeah, because... We, we got different taste. Yeah. yeah. It's very that. different. Actually. So I think they might be quite interesting. I'm actually quite I interested even... I would be curious even... to see how many titles end up on all three lists at some point. Well, it's not like the best. It's our favorite. You have to remember yeah. that. So it's all yeah. personal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's one thing you do have to stress because people can't seem... Even to this day figure out the difference between best and favorites like is there films like there will be films on my list that are not 10 out of 10s obviously or even 9 out of 10s yeah like i could totally probably see some like sevens on my list maybe ratings don't mean shit when i'm making lists like this it's just my personal we're probably not even gonna rate them on it we're not going to actually no no there's no point yeah, we're just well, for the sake, too, because I think a lot of these films that are going to be listed are probably going to be future reviews anyway, so why spoil the, the actual Yeah, and why clutter up the Hall of Fame, you know? Because <laughs> like, I feel like that wouldn't be fair, because you know there would probably be films that would get in through that, which yeah. I would, I I mean, would prefer. You just don't want to update the website. Well, these, are, th- well, these are not films that we're watching necessarily for this list, you know what I mean? Well, I the might Hall of Fame is for films to... The Hall of Fame is for films that we've reviewed, not that we've just talked about and give ratings. Right? Yeah, difference like, between mentioning the top ten and- shows we do are those are we've we watched those films for the top ten, and then although the reviews are much smaller than a featured reviewer or uh, what we watch style review, they're still you know watched the movie for it and and gave a brief review. The this is just pure. This is actually one of the. This should be one of the easiest episodes we've ever done. In terms of like, you could technically just come up with fifty titles and just shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's. I mean, I'll think about my list a lot harder than that. But I'm just saying, it's it's actually going to be like an easy week when we do that. Yeah. Which I haven't done the math, but I'm hoping I, the show sh- 
shouldn't end in no end up in November. I think it'll hit in like January if my math is no, maybe December. I'm not. It might actually be in December, depending oh, on fine. how the shows line up. Huh. We'll have to do the math and see where. Yeah, we're it's at. it's. I don't know. It depends what weeks we have off. It might get pushed to December or to January. But uh, as of right now, we have one more show this month after this show, which will technically be landing in October. And then we have three planned for October, so that's takes us to for two, for three, for four, for five, and then November four. four so it'd be it would be like right in December, I think. If it'll be we the first episode of December. There you go. Yeah. Mary, Mary I have 50 episodes, I've been back. The only thing that might change that is if we end up moving the 1982 show. Yeah. Which it would still end up in December. It would just be like a different week. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was the fast 50 episodes. <laughs> I know, right? Been back 50 back episodes. Yeah. Episode 100. That was the hardest episode we ever did. Next to Puppet Master. <laughs> 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 Dude, Puppet Master was hard. I'm not gonna lie, that was a pain in the dick. That was your idea. Thank God for Charlie Band and his fucking short ass cheap movies. Well, he has another one that came out today. Are we gonna I mention? No, we're it? not doing news today, but that is some news. <laughs> what yeah. is it called? The the. the did I you read even... the article that I posted though? Yeah, it was it's what the first of eight. Yeah, I saw that. And it, like, what is it? First of eight I clip think shows? Do, like, <laughs> I I don't know. Like, the story behind it is like, there's this gore guy who's like looking for gore or something. It's like told in like comic book style, and then I guess the clips are interwoven between like the narrative <laughs> comic book thing, which just sounds cheap animation to me. I really don't uh, get this. You know, the Littlest Right comes out and is actually pretty fucking good. And this is Charlie Band's answer, you know, to bring something back to his franchise. And he starts off with a fucking clip show. Like, I think he's thinking about it totally wrong. Instead of being like, wow, there's a lot of Puppet Master hype right now. Like, I should make a movie and then, you know, catch some of that, that uh, you know, hype. He's like, I'm going to make a movie really, really fast. It's really bad. You know, <laughs> like, I, he's just going to make another clip. He's trying to capitalize on it in the wrong way. Well, like, you can actually st- reboot... Like revitalize your franchise. Well, he had to instead. he had to boost something out the same day that the that the new one came out on Blu-ray and 4K. So he's like, I'm gonna release it on the same day, get it done as fast as possible, announce it two days before it comes out. There we go, clip show, the yeah. legacy two. He's just he's really just trying to stay relevant. You know, like you said, the shit's hot right now. Got to put something out. But, but don't you think it would be a better to like, okay, like this is my chance to actually make the puppet master movies great again in, in a sense you know what i mean to go and make a good one and then ride the success of that one or not even not, it doesn't even have to be like a like super good one it, it just needs to be better than the last two or three you know and and try to do something that's you know similar I'm, like the, the the littlest right did not have a huge budget like you can look at it no. and tell that it was low budget no yeah. So I know Charlie Band's films are even lower budget, but to just put out a clip show is like the ultimate form of cheapness to me. Well, I bet you fucking Carly spent more on diapers tonight than fucking Charlie Band did on his movie. So, oh, did you guys see? Um, sorry to change topics. I was on the Twitter for once, and I got into like a little thing with um, Brad Miska from Bloody Disgusting and uh, 
John Squires from Bloody Disgusting. You know those guys? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're like the two main guys over there. But um, that John dude put out a tweet and was like, do you feel like um, the movies that get the most criticism are the ones that are just trying to be fun or something oh, I like saw that. that? I saw that. And I was like, yeah, like that article that uh, Brad wrote about um, Hatchet, about Adam announcing a new Hatchet film. Did you guys see that article when they yeah. announced it? And like in the article, he kind of like went off like the awful Hatchet or the awful Victor Crowley that came out this year. And I was thinking like, that's like the exact thing you're talking about, though. Yeah. Um, so I told him that and then <laughs> we started going back and forth a little bit, but it, it didn't really get too negative like we were cool by the end of it but i just thought it was cool that they were engaging with me um and actually then um one brad actually followed us on the 22 shots page uh, twitter so that's oh, kind of cool nice so now he's gonna hear this that's cool <laughs> i doubt he's gonna I doubt it. This. <laughs> and, he's, and then he's gonna write a big article I mean, if, if he hears this then he might as well just put us on bloody disgusting because we're you know, I mean, ass. if this really does happen, then maybe Jerry will fucking mention us in a fucking post. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Fucking <laughs> Charlie. Ah. This, it, I'm, I'm still steaming about this bullshit, though, man. Charlie Ban. Fuck, he's just getting old, trying to stay relevant, putting some shit out. I mean, him and Eminem are practically the same fucking person right now. Hey. You know? Relax. Get, get, getting fucking old, putting out fucking whack shit, trying to stay relevant. Come on. In your shit. opinion, it still sold a massive amount, and true people, hey man, fans all, of Eminem like me, thought hey it was a fire. Hey man, everything's always opinion, right? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what you always say? <laughs> I, I don't say it. I everybody says it to me. Wow, <laughs> <sighs> oh, Charlie, um, man, fuck. Yeah, Charlie is just another. But all I can say bag. though, all I can say, you know. If he's planning on putting out eight more of these things, I'm sure they're I, I not going to be eight clip shows. Masters. They have. He's probably going to do one for each of his franchises, like Evil Bong and Demonic Toys and uh, well, I guess we Dalm didn't specify and Trancers and subspecies. Yeah, and but you know what, Evil though? Bong and or, or Ginger Dead Man and Witch House. Like that's probably what they're going to be. <laughs> I doubt it, man. I think some of those other ones are pretty. They're so far gone. No one gives a shit about. Maybe the yeah, Evil but Bong how films. can you do another clip show on Puppet Master? Like so, like how could you do eight of them? Like it looked like that was showing everything. <laughs> you See, know? the way I the way I interpreted that is was, you know, he's starting with a clip show and then he's gonna he's planning on doing more movies. I guess I don't fucking know, man. Who the way that it read, it sounded like it was like eight more of these type of movies. Yeah, I, I I did catch that, but I was really trying to see the light in it. I guess, <laughs> but I was like, it doesn't make sense though. Because how, why how would you, you announce eight more? Like you, like we already know, Full Moon's going to make eight more movies at some point. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, of course, of course. What? Uh dude. But my point is that that, that puts such a bad taste in my mouth when Jeremy shared that article because not only did it ruin our episode, like literally, they just put out two Puppet Master movies in the last year. Yeah. So I was like, we should be good for a while. <laughs> uh, but yeah. my point is, though, man, if these are related to Pup Master, like, we're going to have to do... We might as well just wait till they're all fucking done. That's what and I'm then saying. just do we another franchise. At least franchise. three more Puppet Master films and do, like, a Puppet Master <laughs> franchise part two. Because I'm not you know doing I mean? three roundup shows. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to do a roundup show on a clip show. That just seems... Like by itself, it seems you know redundant I mean? to the point of like retardedness. 
Yeah. Stupid. I'm gonna. Are you guys gonna watch it eventually? You know what? No. We should. We should actually get Charlie Ban on here, considering we. He, I, I can. I can do that. They we should. We should me if I wanted flat to out ask him. Among things, we'll bring up, of course, the fake big boxes and VH tap, tapes. And He's shit. just gonna say they're real. <laughs> but I'd be like, like you're, I, I'm gonna be like, dude, you're lying. I bought one. It's fuck. It says copyright 2015. <laughs> no, it doesn't say that. <laughs> no, but. But seriously, man, I want some damn answers from this motherfucker. Where's Head of the Family 2? That's a good question. That's right a good of the question. Head of the family. See, now these now we're rolling. We're getting the ball rolling. We we're getting some confidence with our questions and shit. I actually am the one true Charlie Band fan of this. I just want to ask him what he's going to name the next 19 Evil Bong movies because everyone that comes out always have awesome titles, man. They do. Like Evil they Bong do. 420. Yeah, Evil, Evil Bong, Bong five? Six, six, six. Evil Hi. Bong seven seven seven. Lucky lucky numbers. Yeah, it was Vegas. E- yeah, these guys. Kind of Evil like- Bong two, King Bong. Fuck yeah, man! Evil I like that. Evil Bong three D. Evil Bong high five. That's a good one. <laughs> what could you say with eight? Evil Bong. There's nothing. I don't There's know. No more eight, puns. Eight ball. Something, but that's the wrong drug. That's yeah, the that is the wrong drug. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, but to be honest, I think actually having a conversation with Charlie Ban would be pretty damn interesting. What if it was called Straight Dope? Straight Dope, nice. Yeah, but with an eight, you know, straight. Yeah, but I, but I would have a feeling though if we if we actually had an interview or a chat with Charlie Ban, I think that he would just lie the whole time. <laughs> Like, I don't think we get any truth out of the conversation. And we'd leave it going, that motherfucker's a liar. We would get some truth. He'd be like, you can buy this on this date. And, th- and then we just want to interview him again. And then the same shit would happen again. <laughs> I've had so many chances to interview Charlie Ban. I like Charlie Ban. I wouldn't want you assholes. We would end up doing so many guys. interviews with Charlie Ban. We could have our own Charlie Ban franchise. I, re- I, I said the Jerry. Never Charlie like, Ann. I was Band like, podcast. what if we just said <laughs> F it and we straight up. <laughs> went for the jugular like just like like wasn't you know fake about it and was just like so what's up with this what's up with this why do you do this but you know like we would probably never be able to interview anybody again but it would probably be worth it. honestly dude i think you just hang up after like two minutes though yeah he would be like he would get his publicist on the phone or whatever and be like i'd, I'd want to ease into it a little bit you know kind of get the feel for him you know make us like me and you i'm sure you'll hate jeremy within five minutes like, why is that little girl in the background always screaming, fuck you, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Charlie. He's like, who's this Jerry guy? I thought your name was Moods and JP. I'm fucking yeah. confuse him, motherfucker. But yeah. But yeah, I don't know, man. It could be, it could be always something Always the right Jew's there. fault. It is always the Jew's fault, man. Fuck. It's okay, man. Always got to blame the Jew. It's okay, man. Just go change your pull-ups. I will. And we'll continue along with the show here. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, let's uh fucking assholes. <laughs> um on that note, let's move this shit along. All right. And let's get into uh some box office brawl. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Ding ding. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> Ding, ding. So, uh, I always chop up all this, anyways. 
<laughs> when I put out the audio, so it's all good. Sorry, sorry, sorry. House with the clocks on the wall. That's the one, right? Yeah. All right, so... Yeah, how did we do, man? Or how did I do? I, what I did it make, Jeremy? It made $26.8 million. All right. How much? So twenty six point eight million. Oh, twenty. I thought it made twenty three. That's what it was projected at. Oh, but it, okay. It, it better on Sunday than than they projected. Shit. Well, I guess I'm Modi. Uh, yeah. So you. So um, I said twenty six. That's <laughs> fucking bullshit. Jeremy said twenty three, and Mood said twenty. So let's see where. So either way, I would have been fucking losing anyways, even if it was twenty three. I'm up two now. Yeah. So God uh, damn, I really moods versus Jeremy is now fourteen. Man, I have been sucking 12. the last five shows. Man, fourteen to twelve. Finally winning. I'm finally a winner in life. Yeah. JP versus Moods. Oh, I don't want to hear this one. I am now two up, two up on Moods. Or wait, uh, one up on Moods. So it's 14 to 13. And then me versus Jeremy is now 19 to 11. <laughs> That's all right. I'm a winner in our pool with Moods. Oh, that matters. Yeah. I could have a push. So what are we doing? Are we doing this till the end of the year? Sure. And then start a new one the year the the next year. Wasn't it the first one of twenty two? It was gonna be, but I mean, but it's, it might take you guys a damn long time to get there because I'm already up nineteen to eleven. I'm close to it, but you know, fourteen. You guys are at JP. Just wants me to lose. Well. I'm am just saying you would win. I don't, I don't now really, you would win. I don't One think he actually has to wish for that to but, happen. Fuck you. <laughs> so what do we got this week then? One we time. have Hellfest, the surprisingly R-rated slasher film from Lionsgate. He opening says up, they're going to once again roll horror. Are yep. they going to start with Hellfest? No. No. Opening up in 2,200 theaters. That's not even that many. And I'm guessing 8 million. Man. 8 million. Mainstream slasher film. Can't be any worse than fucking Happy Shit Day. Happy Death Day it, to Yes, you. it will. Oh, you mean like in terms of quality or in terms of box office? Quality. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Jeremy says 8. What you at, Mids? Oh, 2200 man oh man oh Jeremy fucking took what I was gonna say you fucking shit bag <laughs> now I gotta fucking look I'm gonna say 7 mm, gonna go 9 oh here we go here we go I think it's gonna do 12 but 9 is a better safe bet cause I win if it's anything over 9 happy death day to you what a what fuck. a retarded name! What a fucking stupid name! Wait, is that a, a real thing? Yeah, that's the official title. Uh, what is it? Happy Death Day to you! And it's coming like out. It. And it's coming out on fucking Valentine's Day. 
So that's that makes sense. Cool. What if it's what if it's a Valentine's oh, that, Day? That marketing is brilliant for fucking thirteen year old boys and girls and Andrew and Andrew. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> a lot of people like the movie. You want to know what I think about the movie? That's what I think about the movie. God, is that real? Damn, I didn't think you could get that much fucking sound I mean, out of those pull-ups because those things are pretty padded. I mean, it's better than what you did last week at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I was also like thirty feet down away from my room. It was amazing you even heard that shit, though. Carly was saying I was a hater of toilet humor. You are a hater. Like toilet humor. I never humor? really laugh at you guys. No, you don't. You never laugh, and we always. Sometimes I do. Farts and penis. She jokes. was saying I was a, a hater. Does Carly like fart humor? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, test. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you probably never fart around her, do you? <laughs> so just, just test the market, uh, man. Uh, just uh, fucking. I. She says that I am fake because <laughs> <laughs> because I laugh in real life, but on the show for some reason I don't. <laughs> They're taking so, this shit too serious, man. It's just it's dick and fart jokes. <sighs> that's that's actually that's what that's actually what Brad said over at Bloody Disgusting that his argument for why Victor Crowley sucked was it was just dick and fart jokes and that if it was Friday thirteenth, I bet you would be mad. And I was like, Yes, I would be. Because <laughs> that's Friday thirteenth. Victor Crowley wasn't wasn't been that way since the beginning. <laughs> It wasn't jelly filled with dick and fart jokes that bad. I mean, it literally has like a like it like there is a literal dick joke. Yeah, but it's not like the whole movie. I signed my balls. It's not like it was written by Kevin Smith for Christ's sake. Yeah, man, dude, Jesus, dude, you are going to well, you're wearing a pull up, so it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> shit away, buddy, shit away. Right into the pull up. Isn't isn't there one of those? Isn't there a movie out this year? Call like adult babies or some shit like what that. The what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, there's like a movie, dude. It's like a horror film about these like adults in diapers and acting all strange and shit. I think it's a film from the UK. Is it? I think so. Starring Jack Black. <laughs> well, well, that that wasn't. That makes sense. <laughs> that was pretty cringe. That part. I I said that. I know. That's what oh, I'm wait. saying. Oh, did you watch my review? Yes, it was awful. What? Why was it awful? You guys are just like standing there like okay. dipshits. Okay, Dude, so you literally sit in your car by yourself with your camera in your crotch. Yeah, but we already know I'm a loser, so it's okay. like it's no big difference. So here it is. Adult Babies. It says 2017. It is a film from the UK. It's apparently... Dude, nobody cares. No, I do. I care. <laughs> no, we don't. Yes, it's a horror film. <laughs> Three family members break into a remote country house to recover secret documents but discover a cult of wealthy adults dressed as babies inside with sexy nurses as their caretakers get the fuck out of here did you guys watch Camp what Death 3 what the fuck is wrong with people why are they making these movies that's amazing I gotta watch this shit that's it I'm reviewing did it did you next. watch Camp Death 3 in 2D no I'm, I, like, I will never watch any of those films the, the guy Okay, so like whenever I get emails for online screeners, I think there's only one of them, Jeremy. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> I'm, the first maybe I'm yeah, thinking there, of Camp there Blood. Is only, there, there is only one. Maybe I'm so, thinking of Camp Blood. 
anytime I get emails for screeners that are digital, I always just say, sure, I'll take one. And then most of the time I never get to it. But I just want it there in case. Um, the guy who released Camp Death 3 in 2D literally said, emailed me like a week later and was like, hey, I noticed you didn't watch that screener there. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, I've been busy, dude. My bad. And he was like, well, like um, about probably 30% of people didn't watch them. And I was like, wow. <laughs> he because your movie sucks. <laughs> I, I, and, was, I was one of them too. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> okay, well, if you want to send me another one, I'll, I'll check it out for my 31 Days of Horror this year, and I'll review it on YouTube. And he was like, okay. And then I look at it again today, and it expires like tomorrow. So I was like, damn it, I'm still not going to get to it. It's not October yet. <laughs> Shit. If you had to send I did, me. I, I did just want to check out the trailer because I'd seen, he must have been emailing a lot of people in our circle, like YouTubers, podcasters, and stuff. Because I did see a lot of people review it. And it seemed like it was getting positive reviews, but then I watched the trailer. Like, I expected it to be what the trailer was, but then I saw people start reviewing it. I was like, oh, maybe I just kind of thought this was one of those stupid movies, but it it's actually, like, different. And, no, it was it was just like I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, like, super low budget, like, super... Uh, Shitty. Just, no, I wouldn't say shit. Like, to the me, last time you said was you it trying to movies? be bad? Was it trying to be bad? Yes. Well, so it's like yes. Mutantis. But then you should be giving yes. it a one out of ten. Then. Uh, well, you- I'm probably not going to watch it. So, <laughs> but I sent it to long to you guys. Yeah, that's okay. And like, so, so this guy didn't message me and be and be like, you know, thirty percent of the thirty percent. Maybe I'll Not get him to re-up it for time. me because I think mine's yeah probably expired too. You might like it. I don't know. Sometimes you like stuff like that. Sometimes you don't. Like Mutantis. It's definitely no adult babies. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm curious about what that is now. You gotta see the cover. No, man. you're not. The cover art's actually pretty cool. You know, the fucked up thing is, I I, I don't think it's a comedy either. How could that not be a comedy? Oh, first review says grotesque, grotesque horror comedy. Fuck. That would be so much better if it wasn't. Okay, Jeremy. Grotesque? I can't fucking... It's late. It's fucking late. I've worked hard. Never mind. (laughs) All right. So that was box office brawl. Yeah. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. They will say... That I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Have you checked the children? Children. What do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. Oh, yeah, getting into the dub, dub, dub portion of the show. Yeah, y'all know what it's about. We go round tree, review some films, give some ratings, pass the torch. JP. Yo, yo. Starts with you. Uh, So this one is a kid's film. I just saw it in a theater. It is The House with a Clock 
in its walls. Directed by Mr. Eli Roth. Another director for hire job for Mr. Roth. So he went from Death Wish, an action thriller revenge film, to a family kids horror film. That's actually pretty good. Um, yeah, it is pretty good actually. But you know what? Um, I think Jeremy had mentioned that it's it's one of his better films in a long time. Um, I can see why people would think that. I mean, I personally like Green Inferno and Knock Knock better. Um, Maybe, I don't think I like Death Wish better. Um, Death Wish just has no rewatch to me, but um, The House with the Clocks in Its Walls, uh, The Clock in Its Walls, uh, is a film starring Jack Black. Um, This kid, his parents die. (laughs) He is sent to his uncle's house who is sort of in this mansion-y type big house um but it's 1950s i think so it is a period piece um this kid is kind of a weirdo introvert you know not not too popular wears these weird goggle things and uh he goes to school and you know picked on a little bit he does meet this one kid who he becomes friends with uh who's actually played by the Bob from uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yep. And um, he's in <laughs> mid-90s coming out in a few weeks. This kid's probably the best actor in the movie, honestly. Like, he's like I think he's pretty good. No, dude, Kate Blanchett's the best actor in this movie. Yeah. I mean, her performance was, I guess, good, but it, it, like, it was kind of... It was basic, you know, it, it, it had, uh, like her, her story arc was kind of simple and stuff. I don't know. I, I did, I wasn't like overly impressed by her, honestly, uh, or Jack Black, but honestly, one thing I will say is these are Jack Black's type of movies. Like this is a role designed for him. Uh, so I can't hate it. You know, it's like, I've never had a huge problem with Jack Black. Uh, I'd mentioned in my other review that moods doesn't like him thinks doesn't really dig his humor at all but i, I don't mind it. it's it's very kid friendly yeah. like it's it's directed towards kids it's it's super silly um, it's body humor yeah uh i think it's pretty humor. funny I, I laughed a few times at some of the stuff that he did mm-hmm. in this movie um i i do agree heavily with jeremy that the kid is probably the weakest part the oh the, yeah i didn't and think so. he was very good at all he for sucks. for this you know caliper of movie you would expect somebody who had a little bit better um acting chops um he didn't necessarily do bad to me i thought he was bad bad for this yes bad in in the acting spectrum i would say no uh but it had it had it actually got a little spooky towards the end which i appreciated you know it had some some really great atmosphere i have to say that like I almost thought that the atmosphere could have been kicked up a notch and yeah. more, like more into like a Guillermo del Toro like. Yeah, but this uh, is a kids' movies, bro. Well, I mean, Ke- Ke- Guillermo's movies are are very yeah they're darker, but they, I mean, like Shape of Water, um, is definitely not too dark. Um, or like a Tim Burton esque type film. Uh, I felt like they were a little light on like the the cool spooky like imagery that they could have had like the the vibes. It, it did have a, a decent atmosphere, but I I would have liked if it was a little bit 
um, heavier. Um, besides that, I, I think that the film does take a little long to get rolling in terms of like this stuff actually happening. There's one moment in the end of the film that is very cringy. Um, it's so I was just like, oh my god! <laughs> like it, and I, I think it was meant to look uncomfortable, um, and it definitely succeeded. But it was just it was it was weird, man. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if like it's a kids' film. It was pretty fun, entertaining. I didn't mind spending the money to check it out. Um, weird, dis- weird that Eli Roth directed it. It really is like you think of Eli Roth films like Hostel, Cabin Fever, Green Inferno, even you know in terms of like the the subject matter, Knock Knock, even in terms of the subject matter, and you're just like, wait, he did like this is like a straight up Goosebumps episode. Yeah, but he's you know? really good with opening shots, and I think that's probably like the strong suit of this film is he still shows places for the first time in an extremely uh, fascinating way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in Hostel, when we first see the, you know, the the place where they bring all these people to torture them, there's that awesome long shot of mm-hmm. them walking in. That's awesome. In the opening of Knock Knock or the ending of Knock Knock, we are, it's either the opening or the ending. We have that awesome tracking shot down the hallway. Opening. It's yeah, the opening. That- yeah. That. Yeah, we have that awesome shot of him, you know, tracking the camera down the hallway. That's a really awesome opening shot. This film has a really great uh, opening shot of the town Death when the Wish kid gets on the bus. Death has a opening shot of yeah. Chicago. Yeah. yeah, he he definitely. I I mean, I've said it again. I do think he's very talented. Uh, I would like shot, to see yes, establishing. Thanks, yes. I know. <laughs> I would like to see him do more films of the director for higher style, but horror films because maybe i think a lot of people have trouble with roth's writing um so but we i think everybody can kind of agree that like his directing is pretty good like i think most people's problems when it comes to uh his earlier films and his later films knock knock and um uh green inferno is is more story oriented and tone oriented versus um actual you know solid camera work and and music and things like that just you know the other stuff that comes with directing um i'm i mean i've liked every single one of his films you know to to some extent or another not uh, a so, inferno yeah i really don't like that movie yeah that one's i can totally see why like i said i saw it is satirical it kind of appealed to me a little bit more but yeah um, this film, uh, I'm, I think I came in at about a seven out of 10 on this one. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's good. I had it's good. It, it's it. definitely for what it is, like what its target audience is. I think it's very effective. People seem to like it in the theater. Yeah. What did I you rate it. it? I gave it seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think your kid would really like it moods. Yeah. 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 He probably will, man. I mean, you like goosebumps, so yeah. maybe he's a fan. Of, maybe he's a fan of Jack similar, Black. You know? I don't know. It has that kind of goosebumps on a bigger budget kind of feel to it. Yeah, like old school TV goosebumps. The <laughs> best Jack Black performance ever is, and I know what you did last summer. He's in that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> funny. He's also in Airborne. If anybody's ever seen that, the rollerblading movie. Airborne. Uh, I don't really? think I've seen that 90s. one. No. Uh, yeah, it's from the 90s. I know it has a Warner Archive release. Did you say I, rollerblading movie? 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is so fucking 90s. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Rollerblades are dead as hell, but yeah. Um, Battle yeah, that movie's awesome. Yeah, that movie's awesome. It has somebody else in it, too. Really? Fuck, yeah. I seen somebody like rollerblading. Seth Green would be in it. Yeah, I think he is in it. <laughs> I seen oh, a yeah. guy rollerblading the other day, actually. Actually, technically, he wasn't really blading himself. He had a big dog, and the dog was just pulling him on his blades. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking smart, man. I'm, a lot of people actually do that. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it does have Seth Green plays the cousin that the surfer kid moves in with. Somebody told me to watch Party Monster with Seth Green and Macaulay Culkin, and I was like, I never heard of that movie. And then I looked it up. Really? And it looked fucking weird. I, as I shit. remember when that movie was like. Yeah, it's good, man. Rounds. It's good. Really, I heard it's awful. Yeah, it's pretty Indian, fucking. Yeah. Experimental. As Marilyn. It was as Manson in it too, yeah. right? I liked it. I, I watched yeah. it when it came out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it always pops up in lists like with kids and, you know. Uh, yeah, I won't me. lie, man. I checked it out because of fucking Kevin Callister, for sure. <laughs> so. so that is mine. Jeremy. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about a film from the year 2018 that came out last Friday that horribly failed at the box office. And, you know, I didn't know anything about it. I saw they showed a trailer for it when I saw The Nun. And I was like, oh, that looks pretty interesting. You know, it's very um, Harmony Corone inspired influence kind of a film. You guys know Gummo is my favorite horror film. So going into it, you probably knew that I would probably like this movie. Uh, when I was in film school, um, a huge chunk of one semester in one of my classes, we looked at spring breakers and the use of you know teen culture in that film and how it's described and and at that time it was you know the yolo culture was what was fucking big at that time so you know those kind of films are are interesting to me in that aspect of you know uh, looking at how now that i'm a little bit older how different generation high school uh you know, generations change over time. And so this movie has a very similar kind of style and it's a film titled assassination nation from the year 2018. Is it a horror film? It is a horror film. Yes. It's a very dark, dark, dark fucking movie. It's not like a, you know, a full blown horror film, but it's, it's, it's an insanely, insanely dark, dark fucking movie. And it's, um, actually directed and written by Sam Levinson, whose only other credit was the film that I reviewed last week, Stoic. He's in that film. He's one of the main actors in that movie that I talked about last week. So it's just a coincidence now I'm watching this film. So this movie we follow, it's like an updated Salem witch trial kind of a story. We follow Lily and her three very attractive friends. Um, This movie has a lot of booty short kind of shots very similar to once again spring breakers and they live in salem and you know they're living their lives you know doing their typical things that high schoolers do this day you know a lot of instagram and facebook and twitter and all those kind of um uh, discussions are brought up and what's happening in this town is that there's this person who's hacking into all these people's phones who live in Salem and, you know, leaking it to all these people, all these citizens in this town. You know, uh, the mayor gets attacked first, and, of course, there's risque photos of him, and then the principal gets hit, and then 
of course, uh, one of the four girls in this film, her phone, of course, gets hacked. And, of course, she has, uh, you know, nudes and things like that that are, once again, a very relevant topic in uh, the world today, you know, especially a few years ago with the Taylor Swift hacks. Not Taylor Swift, fucking... J-Law? Yeah, what's her name? Jennifer Lawrence. So, um, after that, there's this um, a mass uh, hysteria in the town... Um, because of course people are pissed off at each other when they see, you know, their husbands in somebody else's picture and things like that, or text messages from one person to another. So a huge mass hysteria breaks out in the town. And then we have a shift of a, you know, like a Heather's kind of a film to a, a very, very dark, insanely bloody gore fest of a film where (coughs) the pretty much purge influenced town members are going around just killing each other off of um hysteria mad about the the pictures well like half the town's phones get hacked and um you know there's things like you know this person's cheating on this person with this person who lives in the town and this person's sending this person nudes um you think that's enough to relation you, you you have to see it to understand what I'm getting at. Okay. It's 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 of course it's an over um, exaggerated kind of a film. You know, it's not like a a very straightforward kind of a movie that's placed very seriously. It's a very um, over. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it's very stylized in this sense. You have to watch the movie to understand what I'm saying, but. Uh, the last like 45 minutes of this movie is it's a really fun entertaining time it's really really good I really really like the characters I think they're pretty well written for what <clears throat> at least I see of uh, high schoolers today I think it hits a lot of a lot of the notes that um, uh, of what's going on in society today and there's this scene, this very intense scene about 30 minutes from the end of the film that's like a, a eight-minute shot of uh, this house from uh, outside, and the camera just moves around from the outside looking into this house. It's, it's a really amazing, well-done, uh, tense, <coughs> tense shot. I don't think JP is going to like this movie very much, to be completely uh fair with you guys i think he's gonna probably roll his eyes at everything that's going on but i really really like this movie i haven't seen anybody talk negatively about this movie to be honest with you uh even on letterbox people were really really praising this movie i know the literally everyone likes it but jp's not going to Yeah, you're not going to like it. I know your style and i know you're probably just going to roll your fucking eyes when you're watching it i think you know my style but I don't think mm-hmm. you have a pulse on it at all. Well, you're going to have to wait to fucking see it on Blu-ray because it's probably not going to make it to the end of this week. Is it, <laughs> it was... top 10 contender? Yes, absolutely. As of now, yes. I, you know, I haven't got into the balls deep of um, the balls <laughs> the, deep no, of watching 2018. I oh, I can I, to the balls <clears throat> deep. I doubt it, man. I doubt it. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I gave it an eight and a half out of ten. I I really liked it. So check it out. 
It's good. Eight and a half is top ten worthy. Shit. All right, move. It falls deep into a review. <laughs> it does sound pretty cool, though. Yeah. I thought I did okay on that one. I think it's, I think it I sounds was actually. I was thinking that you were doing good while you were reviewing, and I was like, "Why can't he do this all the time?" And one of the main girls is transgender. Want to take a shot at the lore real quick? Well, now I'm not. Now I'm not f- it. fucking watching it. Watching no, it's it. interesting you having that sense. It means you don't really see that many transgender. I was joking. Interesting. It's an interesting twist in the film. I I, I liked it quite a bit. It's good. You feel empowered to start your transition? Yes. Gonna <laughs> chop off my cock right now. My could cock the, is gone. Could be the first transgender that wears pull-ups. All right. Yep. That was pretty easy, huh? Yeah. All right. So it's gone. 2018 film directed by Dom Frank called The Church. Um. Yeah, you like them Church. No. Suave. No. No. This one, first off, is rated PG-13. <laughs> what does not, that mean, Jeremy? I didn't even know. Pure garbage for kids under the age of 13. Yes. It never gets old. I just... I just don't understand why this movie... Like, why do you would even go forward and make a PG-13 film based on this? I... Um, it does have some recognizable faces in it. it it's actually starring Bill Mosley. Uh, he plays the pastor in the film. Ashley C. Williams is in it. She was in. Uh, if you create a PG thirteen horror film, you just wasted Bill Mosley. Well, that's okay. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. Uh, Ashley C. Williams. Uh, she was in the first uh, Human Centipede film. Uh, we've got an appearance from Clint Howard in this one. Uh, that's pretty cool, and. One of one of the faces in here that really shocked me was Lisa Wilcox. Of course, she's huh, Nightmare, really? yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street four and five. That was shocking to me because I thought that she'd stopped acting. I hadn't seen her no, in anything. She was in something. Well, she, I, th- I think she took like the later half of the nineties to the like later two thousands off. And then she just came back, but now she's doing like a bunch of horror films and stuff. It's pretty interesting. She must've caught that, uh, Ah, that bug, you know, the convention bug. Uh I bet you that's something to do with it. Anyways, the church 2018, um, basically follows our main character played by Bill Mosley called his name is pastor James. Um, he is obviously the pastor of this, uh, very, very old and well-known church. The church isn't doing very well. It doesn't really have a lot of people going there and stuff. Uh, and we've got this um, this huge corporation, this kind of realist realtor. Um, I don't know. I, I guess you'd probably developers. I guess they're realtor developers, and they've been buying up a lot of the land around the church. And the church sits on the very last place they need to buy up, so they can build you know these big high class shopping malls and and things like that. So of course they approach Bill Mosley with you know, an offer and he's very, very reluctant, you know, he's all about God and he doesn't really want to sell a soul for money and, you know, just give up the congregation that easy and shit like that. Uh, but after some, you know, generous persuading, he kind of decides that, Hey, he's going to talk to the, you know, his people and they're going to take a vote to see if they should sell this and just kind of build something else and stuff. So they go forward with it. He decides, they take a vote. They vote to sell it. So as they're signing the papers and shit, everyone's in there. We've got all the realtors. They've got their goons. They've got all their people, their lawyers and shit. The congregation's there and, 
And right when they're ready to to fucking sign the papers, the supernatural events start happening. Um, The building basically locks itself, and people start almost getting kind of picked off one by one in in this for their sins and shit. Uh, Now, this is a film we've seen before, these type of things where some type of supernatural element comes out of the woodworks and, you know, locks people into a confined space and they start getting picked off one by one. You know, they're these type of simple premises and, and can be okay when they're done properly. This one is just done exactly how you would think it'd be on a PG 13 level. There is, Oh my God, man. The acting (laughs) in this movie is just so atrocious. You know, it's not even that though. It's, it it's a very low budget indie film. I get that, but I don't know why they decided to throw in the cheapest possible effects ever. I'm not even joking. The effects in this film feel like they were developed in the early nineties, the first stage of CG, right? They're, they're okay. Right. When it, right. When everything first hits the fan, Bill Mosey's ready to sign the papers. His wife gets like sucked in through this fucking wall or through this painting or whatever. It it has to be the worst effect I've ever seen in my entire life. It is so fucking bad. Oh, acting. I don't know. I saw some pretty bad ones today in E.G., so. Yeah, it's just, it's very, (laughs) yeah, it's very undeveloped, though, man. I mean, the characters are, they're all kind of there. No one really, you don't give a shit about fucking anybody, um, except for Bill. Like, he's actually about the only character that's really developed enough that you kind of give a shit about but everyone's just a throwaway character effects are really shitty um there's it doesn't really have anything to offer it's absolutely fucking terrible and then to top it all off it has the worst fucking ending of all time i'm not even joking this movie it's worse than the elf (laughs) this movie might even have the most ridiculously bad ending i've ever seen in a film it was bad enough that i had to sit through the 80 minutes you know of watching, you know, the first like 40 minutes of the film is all this development shit, you know, trying to get him to sign the paper. So it's really, really slow going, nothing happening. And then the next 40 minutes are like the worst effects and acting of all time. And then you get this terrible, terrible fucking cop out ending. It is. Oh my God. I can't believe shit like this is even gets made and put out. Huh? It's really atrocious. Really, really atrocious. I was trying to find some good in this, and I was kind of excited, you know, with Bill Mosley and, and of course, Clint Howard. But unfortunately, Clint Howard in this film doesn't even have one word of dialogue. Does he show up for like eight seconds and then he sh- leaves? He shows up, to, of course, towards the end. He's revealed as somebody, and he's kind of the reveal to the fuck's going on in this thing, but... My God, man. This is one of the worst films I have seen in such a long time. It's worse than The Elf? Uh, no, it's not as bad as The Elf. <laughs> the Elf was pretty <laughs> damn bad. But this one, you know... I'm sorry, man. It's really fucking bad. I'm going to come in at a 1.5 out of 10. I don't even know why. Maybe it's because Bill Mosley's actually likable in the film. But even then, the script and the, and the dialogue that he has in this one is so fucking dry. Like, everything is just so matter-of-fact, so... With all the characters, it's not just Bill Mosley. The writing's terrible, but... 
can only do what he can do as an actor, I guess. But one and a half out of ten, absolute shit fest. Stay clear. Go watch the good one by Mikhail Suave. Yeah. <laughs> so, fuck this movie. All right. Sounds bad. Sounds like something I'm not going to watch. Anyway, um, the only other movie I watched this week. You gave it a three out of ten on Letterbox. You liar. Yeah, I was. I changed my rating. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so 1982's The Some Slumber Party Massacre. Um, not going to review it too hard because I do think that even if it doesn't make my list, I, I can't imagine that it doesn't make at least one out of the potential six lists on not my the, list. Uh, 1982 show. Um, I would probably, if I was going to guess, I would say Christian. Um, cause he loves his slashers and seems to show love to them. I mean, we, Dave loves slashers. I love slashers. Mids love slashers as well, but, uh, seems like a Christian film to me. Uh, so I've seen this one other time and I thought it was pretty bad when I seen it. Um, watching it again, I actually, I lied. I seen it. This is the third time. The first time I seen it. I didn't know that what it even was. I remember just flipping through the channels and catching the beginning in the shower. And I was like, you know, a kid. <laughs> so I was like, yes, please. Um, and I remember it being like super sleazy. And I had mentioned somewhere, I don't know if it was on Facebook or in a group chat or something, but I'd said, wow, I remember this movie being a lot more sleazy than it actually is. Yeah, like it's not I, that sleazy. It's not that sleazy. I mean, it's a little sleazy, but like you see the cover which, by the way, one of the cooler, you know, like, there's no way you're not going to rent that once yeah. if you see that on the shelf. Uh, just a cool poster, um, you know, directed by a female, Amy Holden Jones, who is, I guess, most known for writing Mystic Pizza. Um, and she wrote The Relic from, like, 97, I think. Um, yeah. But, yeah, she, she directed this. It was a Roger Corman production. Uh, I guess self-proclaimed feminist that she is, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, lo- I guess uh, a lot of, um, I guess, women in, ho- like, women directors and, and different, like, studies often cite this film. Um, yeah. At least when I took that course yeah. in school, we spent, we spent, like, two weeks on this movie, which hmm. she's a insanely well-known feminist. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's interesting to see that this film was directed by a feminist you know what i mean yep um because it's an it's an exploitation film Mm -hmm. at the end of the day you know and uh it follows uh, a group of girls who are high school students who have a slumber party uh meanwhile there is a killer who has broken out of a mental hospital with a high you know a power drill uh and he begins killing people in the town and eventually sets his sights on this little slumber party uh, one one thing that I, I've had an issue with every time I watch these movies is I don't I can't tell who's who, and you know which girl's which and whose name is who because they're all like basic ass girl names and and they don't have a ton that separates them um, from like you know uniqueness about them. They literally just feel like a group of girls, you know, like they don't like this like they don't have traits that. You know, like this one's the nerdy one, or this one's the you know slutty one, or something like that. It, 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 like you'd normally see the tropes in in slasher films and stuff like that. It's just a basic cast of girls. There is like, I guess, the good 
better girl who lives next door or lives down the road or something who got she's new in town got invited to the party but then she heard a bunch of bitches talking bitchy shit on her so she was like fuck this i'm hanging out with my sister and babysit her instead um some cool kills and stuff like that uh the killer is interesting because it's kind of just like a random dude you know what i mean it's one of those slashers where it's just like a random dude um like he doesn't wear a mask or anything he his like the main thing is he has the power drill, which of course, like there's tons of articles and different things written about it being like phallic and, and this, that, and the other. I don't really dig too deep into that necessarily about the film and how like, you know, I've heard, you know, he's the sexual frustration of, of men and this shit and stuff. So, um, there's tons of that out there. If you want to look into it deeper, it's like a uh, metaphor a- for the, that's what all men want to do to women. <laughs> yeah, stab them with a drill. Just drill them. Oh, yeah. I want to drill. Well, like, yeah, metaphorically, yeah. drill them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just. I don't know. I just don't look into this type of film that deeply. I guess. Um, is that what she was trying to say? Yes. You think so? Oh yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. With what mm. she stands for in her background and stuff, I, I believe. I mean, I mean, she was heavily <laughs> criticized when this movie came out because people totally didn't understand what she was doing. Yeah. yeah, they're just like, oh fuck, you're you know self-proclaimed you know feminist and shit like that. But well, I you're, think you're exploiting people, women. Everyone when yeah. it first came out didn't even know that she was a feminist. They assumed it was just some slocky filmmaker yeah. dude who sleazemeister, you know, like all the other ones. So I think <laughs> yeah. once it came out that she did it, and you know, I think yeah. that was pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, it's it's a. I guess if you look into it like that. I mean, maybe you could bump up your rating a little bit because that makes it a little bit more intriguing of a film. But if you take it like straight up face value, um, it's pretty basic. Yeah. It is fun. I will say the Scream Factory Blu-ray made me enjoy it more. Um, I don't know if it made me enjoy it more or it, if I just, you know, it's it's an, it's almost like a new experience when you watch a film on Blu-ray versus the last time you've seen it on DVD or whatever. I saw um, this I, on 35 millimeter, one of the worst prints I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. Um, there's some funny moments, like the one girl, that, like the pizza dude's dead, and she like puts the pizza box on his back and eats a slice, and she's like, I'm hungry, you know? Or when I'm scared, I get hungry or something like that. And, you know, it's, uh, I, I enjoyed watching it. Like, it, it was, uh, it was great watching it on Blu-ray. I thought I thought the transfer was really good. It actually, you know what? It made me want to watch the sequels. And then I was actually going to it, and I realized that I didn't own the double pack that came out from Scream Factory. I just have the old DVD triple pack. So I was like, maybe I'll just wait until I get the Blu-ray set to, to revisit Yeah, those. do that because you get the uncut version of Part 3. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. that's cool. I didn't actually know that. Uh, yeah, super small budget on this one, $250,000, um, actually made 3.5 million at the box office. So that's actually a pretty good success for a Corman title. Uh, I probably came in at like a set between a seven and a 7.5. So I don't know where I sit a hundred percent yet. I'll figure that out closer to the 82 show. Boom. Yeah, I'm probably right. I can't remember what I rated it, but. I rewatching it again. I had so much fun with it. It is fun, man. It is yeah. fun. But is it the only thing is, is it, um, you know, there's such other heavy hitters out there that have a lot more, you know, to them, um, you know, on the surface. 
uh, it's you know it's it's hard to put a film like this on on the top ten. I think. Fair enough, Jeremy. What it, who knows? It might make it. All right, let's talk about Repulsion from Sam Edwards. Gave me this to watch from the year nineteen sixty five, directed by Roman Polanski, and this is his. Second film, uh, he did Knife in the Water before this a few years earlier, and that's a really fantastic film if you haven't seen it. It's really, really good. Um, and this was his first English film that he directed in the year of 1965. And now that I've watched The Tenet, it's very interesting to see how this movie plays hand-in-hand hand with that film in the similar themes of our main character having a a sexual crisis going on inside them and some sort of um, uh, uh, confusion about their sexuality and how they feel that the society that they live in is making them uh, express that sexuality. Uh, In The Tenet, you know, it's very clear this guy was very... Uh, sexually frustrated as a man, and in this he wants film to go we, balls deep, and they, the world won't let him. Yeah, <laughs> and in this film, we have a woman who's fairly sexually frustrated in the sense that she hates pretty much every man, and she's actually quite afraid of men. And the film the shot. Opposite of Jeremy. Yeah, the film shot in a fuck you, man. <laughs> Even during my refuse, I can't fucking say anything without getting fucking criticized. Fuck you, man. That ain't a criticism. Next time I fucking, I'm going to do a sleepy noise or something and get you fucking off your shit. <laughs> I'm not getting you off your shit. I was making a gay joke. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot where I was. Oh, uh, That girl was like yeah, scared of men. Yeah, so she's scared of men. This movie's shot in a very uh, interesting way. In the sense that when we're in interiors, it's shot in a very, um, you know, normalized way. Um, you know, it's shot in a very, you know, way that we used to seeing movies, especially at that time. But when Polanski takes the camera outside, it shifts into a very, uh, you know, a French New Wave kind of a style where um, it's very, you know, loosey-goosey. Um, he clearly didn't set up any of the shots or anything like that. It's just uh, a camera following our main character around, and and the editing is very spotty and things like that. It's very new wave in that sense. So I found that really interesting. I don't really think it has any meaning to the narrative or, or, or the way that this character is feeling. So as the film goes on, you know, there's this guy who has a interest for our main character, Carol. Uh, of course, she pushes him away again and again and again. And one time, her sister, who she lives with, her and her boyfriend, you know, goes away on vacation. And Carol's left in this apartment alone. And she starts to have some very uh, weird hallucinations of, you know, sexual assault against her. And, uh, you know, the hatred of men uh, really comes out when she's left alone by herself. That's where the film really shines in the, you know, the the Ferordian kind of stuff once again uh, that we talked about. I don't really think we talked about it too much in The Tenant because we really didn't uh, dive into that movie in a deep and interesting conversation. But, you know, this movie's really, it's really good. It's shot 
so so well i saw this once when i was in film school and uh so i'm revisiting it again and i really really dug this movie it's really good polanski really made you know some of the best movies of the 60s and the 70s and this one once again is is solid especially since it's only his second attempt so if you guys haven't seen repulsion check it out it's fucking great uh it's a nine and a half out of ten just like the tenant it's really fucking good check it out yeah it's a shame it's a shame he didn't make more films like that yeah because he's quite good you know yeah he definitely has something to say about uh people's inner demons and uh the way that society looks at mental illness or you know somebody that doesn't fit in with uh the norms of the time so it's a really a really great film i highly recommend you check out repulsion i think a lot of that stuff comes from his from his personal life too well yeah especially down the road when we see some of his other films and and the fucked up things that he shows you know it's it's really good so check it out if you get a chance yeah i agree it's amazing um what's up no go ahead oh all right so moving along here uh another film from 2018 titled terror talk when i first saw the title for this film i thought it was going to be a uh anthology film for some reason it just sounds like an anthology it's completely not um yeah so this is it's a pretty small little film actually it was quite impressed with with what was kind of going on here but uh so this one right here follows our main character kenny now kenny is basically he's just bought this new house and uh he learns of this virus outbreak that has happened in the world and it's caused like the whole world to go crazy everyone's kind of panicking and shit's going nuts and stuff so he's decided that you know, he's going to board himself inside his house and stay there until the shit kind of blows over and stuff. And all he has to communicate with the outside world is this uh, kind of CB radio type thing. And he's, you know, he's communicating with a couple people out there. There's there's a, a male voice and a female voice and stuff. And um, so that's his only, only means with the outside world. And he kind of learns things, you know, what's going on through them and stuff. Uh, of course, you know, as the time progresses and things like that, you know, he starts kind of drinking and and he really starts to kind of trip out and, you know, in his new house, he starts hearing things, he starts kind of seeing things. And so he starts getting a little bit paranoid. He kind of starts searching the house and things. He, you know, thinks maybe it might be haunted and stuff. He finds these DVDs, plays them, and shit kind of spirals out of control from there. So... Like I said, this is a very small film, and what I mean by that, it's a it's a contained horror film, uh, essentially with one character in the film. You get a couple voices on you know the outside, but it's basically this one character, Kenny, and we follow him, and it, it's a really interesting film because you know as it progresses, you know you're catching on to the things that the the filmmakers are really trying to showcase here. It's you know it's a film you're dealing with things like isolation and, you know, a little bit of mental disorder, maybe uh, PTSD, things like that, you know, paranoia, you know, he's drinking a lot of alcoholism. Like there's a lot of things that are going on here. Um, and uh, I think I, I really like that. You know, this one isn't going to be for everybody because it's a very, very slow burn. It's very atmospheric. It's got a very subtle kind of sound soundtrack to it and things like that. But the whole movie 
is is just a development of dialogue you know it's about this character and what he's going through you know he's isolated himself there's something going on in the world outside but there's something even bigger going on inside and things and i really kind of like this man um i think it actually worked for itself i think my main problem with the film was it ran a little bit too long they kind of stretched this into a 90 minute film which i was completely shocked at the running time on this considering we're following one character and like how much can you really do inside this house with one character and stuff but i i do think it develops itself quite nicely and uh the the payoff was well worth it i think it was a little bit predictable um <laughs> but it didn't ruin it for me at all i know i say that a lot but you can kind of tell with this where this one is going um but uh you know for a small little indie film i thought it did a very good job at showcasing you know the things that it wanted to tell the viewer and uh it actually wasn't a bad watch it wasn't fantastic i thought the acting at times from you know kenny was better when he was calm, I think when he got a little riled up, it kind of got a little bit over the top. Not like Nick Cage over the top type deals, but which actually probably would have been pretty fucking sweet, to be honest. Um, because, yeah, if you've seen Mandy recently, man. He's got one of the best scenes I've seen in years. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Terror Talk, definitely well worth the watch. If you like these type of films, if you're not into slow burn, heavy, heavy dialogue, mystery, uh, slash supernatural, slash... A lot of things that are going on. Um, give it a watch. Six and a half out of ten. It's not a bad one. Cool. Cool. Of course, JP wasn't listening, but I was. What did he say? I don't know. He's just talking about this guy who was in this house. He found <laughs> some know. DVDs. He was all by himself. His name was Kenny, and um, it was it's a contained horror film, and there's nobody besides him. There's some PTSD possibly going on. So yes, I listened quite well. Thank you very much. Unlike you, I wasn't even here to listen. <laughs> so fuck you. I don't think you ever listen to any reviews. <laughs> <laughs> And now, our feature presentation. Alrighty, yeah, getting into the featured reviews here on episode 141, and I believe this is a Patreon show, is it not? Yeah, it actually yeah. is a Patreon franchise show, which is the only way. It's the last way, last time, right? No, well, te- no, it's the first one, <laughs> technically. You technically, know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I guess so. Yeah, the only way to get a franchise show, unless we decide you know, to do like a Friday 13th or something, um, is through the Patreon. There are a selection of shows you can pick from. A lot of cool ones that have been requested a bunch up on the Patreon. But Derek selected Pumpkinhead, um, which we wanted to post next week, but due to like some scheduling and time issues, we decided to do it this week. Um, Just because it's like, I think it's a good opener to October, which is just a couple days from now. 
Um, so that's pretty cool. And yeah, uh, Pumpkinhead. Yeah, Pumpkinhead. There's four of them. A lot of people don't even know that. I, I, people seem shocked to know there's four. They're all fucking awful besides the first one. What? Besides lot, the first a one. A lot of people don't realize that there's four Pumpkinhead films. Oh, I thought you yeah. meant that they weren't all awful besides the first one. Yeah, nobody really knew knew that there was three and four. I didn't know until like 2012. I mean, I guess, right? Because, yeah, they, the, those sequels came so many years after even the, they were the first sequel. They were fucking sci-fi channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it kind of makes sense, but but let's get into this, man. Pumpkinhead from the year 1988, glorious year of 1988, directed by special effects wizard Stan Winston. Uh, this was his directorial debut. He pretty much didn't do anything else after this, direct wise. But but yeah, Stan Winston's Pumpkinhead. After a tragic accident, a man conjures up a towering, vengeful demon called Pumpkinhead to destroy a group of unsuspecting teenagers. I love Pumpkinhead. I'm just saying that now. It it has mad atmosphere. I do give it that. It's awesome, especially towards the end, Mm -hmm. where it's... uh, Whatever the hell that kid bunt in them. They're in that barn and fucking pumpkin heads fucking coming through and all the lights are flashing light blue and shit. It has mm-hmm. awesome atmosphere. Fog. Yeah. And I have to say, like, the relationship between Lance Henderson and his kid is like second to none. Like no other movie describes a father who loves his kid as much as Ed Harley in loves. that short amount of time. That's, yeah. that's what I, that's what I love about this. And I've always adored about this film is exactly that this movie has mm. insanely fast pacing. I mean, you get introduced to, to Ed and his son and you know, within, you know, five, 10 minutes that you know, he's a single father. Happen. Well, no. And then he loves his kids so much. He's just a, yeah, you know, he's just an amazing he's father pretty much living for his kid. And yeah. That's he, his whole purpose in life. Yeah. He does everything for him and it's established. So, yeah, and he does everything with him too. Yeah. Everything it, that he's doing, he's doing with his son, you know, it's uh, crazy too. Like with vegetables, with, stuff like that, reading him a story in the middle yeah, of the day, yeah. you know, um, you know teaching that, him manners and roles like with it, the, like there's so much character development in such a short amount of time. It really yeah. is kind of brilliant how they how they make you feel s- such a connection between those two and and props to Mr. Lang- Lance Henriksen who I believe I read a story one time that when he got into acting he didn't even know how to read. <laughs> yeah, he had to teach himself how to read. Yeah. <laughs> what? Which is crazy. Yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure I read that or heard him talk about that before. Um yeah, he did he didn't know how to actually read. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it- this I've always thought that this movie has the most insane pacing, you know. Like I said before, Ed and his yeah. son, like you, they establish that so fucking quick. It's just it's unlike you've anything you've ever seen in a horror film, you know. And of course, you know something dramatic is going to happen with his son, and it does. His son is killed by just some. <sighs> Dickheads. Real fucking asshole, <laughs> kind of. I, it just—it's such a weird setup, though. Like these guys, they kind of stop at the store and they just decide to unload their bikes and go ride in there. I don't know if it was the purpose, you know, for them to to actually go there and do that. But anyway, well, they, they come did. up with something to kill the kid. True, true. But it just—it seems so odd in the story. Like they were just going to yeah. unload on at this yeah. 
you know, this random area and fucking oh, know, yeah, just I start think riding was, their bikes. The guy was trying to. I mean, all I, cops, I can you know? I can kind of attest to that a little bit because like when you when you ride dirt bikes like that, you know what I mean? Like you see some cool landscapes and stuff, and you just want to hit it. You know yeah, what I mean? He, For sure. I think he was just trying to be a a dick. Well, he, like, I, I don't he think like, he was trying to be. He just is a dick. No, I don't, I, mean, I don't think he just, was thinking like, oh, that's cool landscape. I want to go ride that shit. I don't think he was. It was he was intentionally trying to piss anyone off. He's just the way his personality was. They're just like, oh, yeah, yeah you know, this looks like, OK, area, let's go fucking ride. But it seems odd, you know, considering there's a store there, you know, it might be a little busy with traffic and stuff. Who knows? But. It's gonna unload your bikes yeah. and go ripping around. It seems a little bit odd, but the pacing into this this point is insane. Like we're 15 minutes into a film which could dramatically end. Like this this whole sequence could be the end of the fucking movie for Christ's sake. You know mm-hmm. that's impressive. I mean, you don't have this type of this type yeah. of feeling in a film. You know, maybe in Pet Cemetery, but you get that more at a different time in a film. That that's kind of what I was thinking of when you talk about a connection. But that yeah. is more of a, a connection with loss yeah. than necessarily the the the, the perfect um, chemistry of the yeah. relationship early on. Like you get that in Pet Cemetery, but not as much. Yeah. Um. But by the way, I did just want to fact check because I would felt really stupid if I was wrong about this. But yeah, Lance Henriksen was illiterate until the age of thirty. When he learned to read by studying movie scripts, how's that even possible? Like, how are you not read until you're 30? It fucking blows my mind. I guess that's yeah, probably like Target, why he started acting later well, in his well, life. Well, he dropped out of school and ran away from home at the age of 12. So <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um. But so yeah. Um. Another okay. thing that I absolutely love about this one, and I think that this one, when you compare all four films. Uh, together especially the the third and fourth one uh, because they're more direct sequels to this one the town the 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 performances of these characters is so on point like if you've ever been to an area where it's it's very like old-fashioned like even like Amish or something like that and you know everything like it is these guys are so spot-on with the way that they talk like even the bunt character and the siblings, they're all dirty and covered in like yeah. the, they they probably have like two dresses. Like that's all that they, they remind have. me of <laughs> uh, fucking body melt. <laughs> the characters in that movie. <laughs> yeah, but those are more over the top. These yeah. are more like realistic and and true to life yeah. characters. That's like um, real small town America right there. Right? Yes, you know, dude. Like, and and yeah. I I've been you know to places like that and and yeah, have met people yeah. like that and especially you know where I am and close to West Virginia and stuff like that. And in different areas around PA, um, wooded areas and stuff. And, you know, these, these characters, the way that they act and even like the, the grandfather, like how the grandfather, the father, and then all his kids all like live together. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're all, uh, have like these way of teasing each other and their accents. And also even like the, (laughs) the way that he's like, uh, you know that that'll be it or whatever. He's like, except for my feed, you know. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh dang, I left it up at the house. And he's like, I'll he's get like, it well, for I you. need my feed, <laughs> you know. And he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, what if I bring it by the house myself? And he's like, I'll go down that rod. <laughs> he's like, be there before dark, you know. Just like straight to the point. Like I, it, 
it just resonates with me so well because I've met so many people like like these people. Um, and I just love that the atmosphere of like where they live, like deep in the woods, you get the sense that it's deep in the woods, you know, and, and the witch is even deeper in the woods than, than, uh, these characters. Like, I forget what the area where she lives is like something hollow or something like that, you know, but it just sounds, and you see like where he's driving the pickup truck, like you can drive a car through there. You know what I mean? It's like. You, you drive this pickup truck deep, deep back there, and it gets all foggy. And then even deeper than that is the pumpkin patch, and and uh, that just set design is truly amazing. Uh, where they have the actually, you know, pumpkin head buried and stuff like that. I feel like the landscape is <laughs> just the way it's shot. I feel like there's you know Bunt's house and 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 the witch's place, and that's all that's around there in the store. Yeah, you know, it's like it's yeah. that desolate, right? Like they live yeah, way well, you over really here. You don't really Bunt's learn the place, landscape very much. Yeah, you know? Bunt, Bunt's place is definitely like a little like shanty town where yeah. it's like it's multiple families yeah. in that cluster. Yeah, I was, um, I meant to say his area, but like it's just, I feel like that's all that's around there. Oh yeah, it is <laughs> definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can tell that literally from the you know cockadoodle do morning till evening. They're just working, you know what I mean. They're just yeah. they're just doing different work, and all the kids are and stuff. And and uh, I think that Haggis is such an interesting character because she's so mysterious. She lives out in the woods. She's clearly a witch, right? She has some sort of powers. Yeah. You, you you try to fill in all this stuff like like how does she eat? Like does she like does people bring her stuff? Like she's obviously a legend around this part. Like Bunt is scared to death of her. Um, and then this pumpkin head thing that lives there, you get the early scene with, with, with Ed Harley when he's a kid, looks like he's living in Bunt's house. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So he I grew up out there. So everybody knows the legends, you know, and I love how it has a, a, a history of repeating itself. And honestly, the core story of vengeance is so interesting in this movie because it's it's something that you seek desperately, and then once you get it, it you're just as empty. You're j- it doesn't like it does. Uh, what do they huh? say? Um, you know, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind, like that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it just it makes sense in this film where where. And I like how they connect the demon itself to whoever summoned it. And on top of that, not only does he have to get, feel the murders and things like that as Pumpkinhead goes through and kills everybody, but he's also damned to hell afterwards, you know? So that's pretty sucky. Um, what do you guys think about like how the story was done where, you know, you have uh, the legend of, of Pumpkinhead, you have Haggis, the old witch in the woods. She even, you know, tries to warn people that, I just think you're not going to watch this movie for the story, to be completely honest with you. I mean, I think it's pretty basic. It's just a a monster kind of narrative person says, don't do this, but you do it anyway. You know, it's very... But it's more than just a monster narrative, though, because it's about vengeance and it's about... But isn't um, every monster about vengeance? Like what? In some way or another. Creepers Creepers about vengeance? Sure. What? I mean, uh, I guess not. I don't know. I just think that the narrative is, is it's, 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 it's basic honestly, in the terms. It's one of those things that's like, it's very simple. It's, it's be careful. People give it credit for though. It's It's one of those things that's like, be careful what you wish for, essentially, at yeah. the end of the day. Because yeah. I, this is, I think this is the best thing about Pumpkin, besides the effects in this film. I mean, the yeah. creature effects in Pumpkinhead are fantastic for nineteen. It's such just, an interesting original 
designed. It really to. does look. I like how they made him so fucking huge. Big. Like, he's that's, so big. Like even in the second one, like you see his hand big. when it's like on someone's chest, and you're like, dude, it's literally bigger than their torso. Like the hand. But and I, that's just creative shooting and creative like lighting techniques and and different like camera trickery and stuff. Because sometimes it is just a guy in a suit, but they make him look bigger. You know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. My favorite thing about the film is the fact that, you know, the witch warns Ed that. And and the what, other guy what, does, too. He's like, the only thing that lady will, first he says he doesn't know her. And then he's like, you know, shows him his son. And you can see that the dude feels bad. Like, oh, man, you know, like Harley lost his son or whatever. That's fucked up. But yeah. that woman will. The only thing she's going to do you is take you straight or like give you a one way ticket to hell or something or drag you straight to hell, which is super creepy but yeah she does try to i like that whole concept man you know it really tests humans you know as a whole right i mean it really tests everything about who you are as a person and shit like because people all the time make snap decisions that they regret and that's kind of what this case is all about you know it's ed he's pissed off like he's he goes through his little morning but then he's fucking pissed off and he wants revenge and and he's warned but he's still pissed off and you know, this is what people do. They still go through, even though they're fucking warned. But I think I, the thing I love about this is that she literally tells them, it's like, you're going to feel that fucking pain every single time you get revenge. And she's referring to the fact that when Pumpkinhead kills somebody, it's going to it's gonna take a piece of your soul. You're going to fucking feel that pain every time yeah. he exacts that revenge in your name. You're going to feel that pain. And I'm just like, fuck, that's crazy. That's a cool idea. Because if you're going to set the shit in motion, if you're going to set the shit in motion, you're going to fucking pay the price the whole time. It makes sense, right? It makes sense. Like you, you are doing something, even though an atrocity happened to you, like you're doing something just as bad. Exactly. So there has to be a repercussion for you too. Yeah. And I love that concept. And I love that, you know, even further than that like you also are you know going to hell afterwards like that's kind of cool too For eternity, and the yeah. witch i love how the witch dude the witch is so, the performance is so good like when he first walks in first of all the set design on the outside of the cabin in the swamp great then he walks in and you see the illumination of the fire through her hair and stuff mm-hmm. that's always gave me chills when i was a kid i love that my pap used to torture me by by saying <laughs> by talking in the witch's voice i've said this before on the show but he'd be like he'd be like it all <laughs> just like you know creep me the fuck out like pumpkin had scared me when i was a kid I, I was all about pumpkin head but um i love how she's like he, like she knows she knows him she knows that what's happened she has sight and and she can foresee these things and she also is like she's like I ain't in the business of raising the dead or something like that. And they say that in the future one too, but I, I like how she's just like so direct and, and you just get the idea that she knows what's going to happen. She sees this whole story playing out already. She knows how exactly how it's going to end. And she tries to do a little bit warning, but still, you know, it's, it's the person is going to do what they're going to do. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. And she's just a, a, a tool to uh you know this i always this thought it was quite interesting that the witch is sitting there like she's got this power she's got this vision she can control this as long as you say no but it, it's an interesting fact that like she'll go through with this but she's not really gaining anything out of it either 
that's just, I feel like that's just her purpose. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. Like, like it, it, it's it's such an interesting concept because in most you know in most because ideas we don't really see films, her again, right? Right. Like usually you that, see her at that the end of the meter, film. That's it. Like yeah. That meteor yeah. person would probably have something to gain. You know, but she's not yeah. getting anything out of it. You know, that's just the human nature. It's like, hey man, I can yeah. hook you up with something, but you got to give me fifty bucks. Well, you know, it's like people are always give her gold and die and shit like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I mean, it's not her sole but purpose. Do you think is... she even wanted that? Like, do you think she would have just done it for free? You know what I mean? It's kind of interesting. Well, that's like, the thing the, because she, she she's so she would do it. She doesn't. You don't know anything about her. She's so mysterious. But she would do it for free because I mean, he was offering it up to her, and you're like, I mean, if you're being offered something, why not, right? But yeah. if she was, if, if well, she doesn't know, if she even acknowledge shit, it really. She you know would what fucking I mean? ask if she wanted some shit, but that's not her purpose. He just drops I, it on the table, and and she doesn't even acknowledge. Yeah, it at it's all. because it's not what her purpose is. She doesn't give a shit about the material shit. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of an interesting idea. I think that's overlooked in this film. It's like that's very mysterious because yeah, you know, you kind of think that maybe like you know she would gain some more powers every time. You know, Pumpkinhead is, you know, every time she conjures him up, you know, maybe she gets a piece well, of Ed or anybody's soul and stuff. But it's nothing like that. It has nothing to do with her gaining anything out of it. I find that's so intriguing. You you get the sense that she's also like immortal in some form or another. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that she's just the keeper of this. Yeah. Power. And she's, she's the mediator between it. And that's like her purpose. Yeah, she's the watch. Witch. She does. She's the watch. Yeah. Witch. <laughs> <laughs> um it's yeah it's interesting pumpkin, pumpkin heads this like you know i like it's act they it was really well thought out right because you see how it ends and you see her go pick up the now you know what's left of ed harley and bury him then in the pumpkin patch so it could repeat the cycle at a future date if only we um, knew a shitty sequel was coming <laughs> well that ignores the <laughs> well part two is it's kind of a movie on its own it has nothing to do with yeah, well, the original film. I like how it's this repeating cycle thing, and you and I like how the the necklace that the the little stick figure type necklace that the kid got for the for Lance Henriksen, yeah, uh, and, you know, is still on the now like pumpkin head shriveled yeah. body thing, which uh, I always thought it, was quite it interesting. A little piece of of the history of it with him, yeah. And now he 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 will be resurrected into the pumpkin head demon um, at a future date. I, I like that, and you know, I also just like the beginning how they set it up where he sees it as a kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I like that, no matter what, it's unstoppable. It will, fit, it's like death itself, right? Like Final Destination or something. Like it will leave everybody alone as long as you don't get in its way of the people that it's after. Yeah. So that's why everybody. It just you know, doesn't go around. Well, one of the cool, one yeah. of the coolest yeah. parts of the mythology is that right there is that it's not yeah. just going to go and do harm to random people and shit like that. Uh, but it's you know the fact that once it's conjured up, it has to finish what it started. I love that idea. Yeah, or, I love that idea because that's the only way you can really get. Or you know, the person that basically gave up it. their soul gave up their soul um, dies. Yes, because so that then kills it is completed. Yeah, so that's it's it. paid for. At that but point. that in itself is such a simple idea. I mean, this is at heart. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a simple, revenge film. but it's also kind of complex. Like it's exactly it's like it. What would be really simple is if the demon was conjured up, killed people, and then went away. Well, like there's there's mm-hmm. also like how it's conjured up, how it's connected to the lead character, how it dies, how it 
Yeah, but we you don't know, really get that much thing. mythology about it, though. I like, think that is a lot, though. I think that is a lot. It just seems simple because you're like, oh, yeah, how the hell didn't anybody think of that? You know what I mean? But but it actually that's is precisely perfect. what I was trying to say. It's so simple, yeah. but it's a little bit more complex because at the core of a pumpkin head is revenge film. But there's that on top of that. It's got yeah. these rules and this mythology to it that, you know, I mean, think of another revenge film where the revenge full demon or whatever has to accomplish that before mm-hmm. it, like it just doesn't happen right it, that's actually pretty fucking cool for such a simple story but and i love the fact that it's a witch out in the woods too like that is so cool i mean it makes sense another right? because film it could have just been you know a spell or so or a book or something that you know it, it's the fact that it's actually there's this creepy old witch out in the woods is is awesome it has to me. be a witch though man because it has to be you know a cult black magic type it just makes sense it makes sense yeah but i can see other movies just having like a necronomicon or like charlie band you know a um spell or like a voodoo chant that you know that they read on voodoo for (laughs) dummies.com talking to you chucky um (laughs) you know uh or like I don't know, like they're, they're, I mean, I no, don't know. that's what you write when you run out of fucking ideas. You go to yeah. Voodoo for Dummies and shit. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, that's but a different story. The the performance of the witch is so good. I mean, the performances all around are good. The only weak is the teenagers. Yeah, they I think else. that they are a little too basic at times. You know what I mean? They almost seem to be like catering a little bit towards like the traditional douchey teenage characters in movies Mm -hmm. where everything else seems more um grounded in reality and true to life you have this the teenagers who are just like the city folk you know what i mean yeah i mean you just don't you don't care i honestly i don't really think about them too much because you don't really care about them at all Mm -hmm. they're very empty characters i mean even though most of them are trying to do good and, and meant good you know, yeah. it still doesn't show because it just doesn't matter. You don't give a shit about them, right? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I love I love the character of Bunt in this movie because like he it's basically all kind of his fault, but like he doesn't even realize it until like way later in the movie. He's like, oh wait, I took Ed Harley to the witch, <laughs> which I always thought was kind of sloppy. It's like, dude, why the fuck would he not realize what Ed was doing? Well, one thing, and I always thought he, that too, because he but, never knows that the kid is dead. If you watch the dialogue, he finds out later in the film because he didn't. He knew that his father. He overheard that he was looking for it, but he never actually knows Ed Harley's kid is dead until he meets the teenagers and they tell him. I so, mean, yeah, I guess that is true. He could have. But who knows? The, the witch might have had other fucking random shit that she could do for people that didn't involve Pumpkinhead. You know what I mean? But he still knew that he was taking him to where the witch was. I mean, he didn't know yeah. why he was going out there, but he would suspect that. You know, that but he's also a kid happen. who's poor and has to work and do shitty lifting feet out of things. And Ed Harley gave him ten bucks. So yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? I could kind of get that too. Um, I like that one of my favorite scenes in the film. Hundred like it is such a good scene, is where Pumpkinhead like kills the dude and he's like grabbing his head and like lifting it up and it's like br- his neck's clearly broken as shit mm-hmm. and the the head just keeps flopping downwards. Dude, that shit is haunting. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Such a good scene, dude. You know, yes. Jeremy, yep. do you have any trivia? Oh shit, we're doing that. <laughs> 
I mean, you normally do it, right? The the franchises. It's probably. I guess so. It's probably like a. I know. Oh, 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 yeah. I posted about the guy that winks his eye. Oh no! Is that this franchise? Yeah, it was this franchise. Was it? I can't remember. The guy when he's laying on the table who's dead and he blinks his eye when he's supposed to be dead. I think my favorite scene is when Pumpkinhead throws the dude and he's on the bike. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's when Steve Steve is lying dead on the cabin floor just before he's covered up by his brother. You can see his eye moving. I posted on the page me yelling about it. Oh, okay. You know when you know oh, when you also you also bitch that this kid there's no way he was ten or something. Yeah, it's impossible. He's, actually, he's nine and a half or something. You know what's funny so. about the kid in this film, man? When yeah, I was younger, I always used to think he was Peter Billingsley. <laughs> it, it, who is that? Is that Ralphie? That's Ralphie. See, I used to think that too. Yeah, he so. fucking Lance looks Henderson. just like him. Yeah, he does look really, really young, but yeah, he was nine. Jeremy, it's <laughs> Hendrickson. Hendrickson. You said Henderson. It's Henrickson. Okay, Lance Henrickson gathered all the silver dollars himself by visiting several pawn shops. He said that most of them fell through the floorboards of Haggins' shack, where they may still lie. Lance Henrickson had a set of dentures made to give him more a more rural look. He also gathered all his own props and wardrobe, including a World War II pump-action shotgun, his cape, his cap worn throughout the film, and the silver dollars. Yeah, I heard that in Near Dark, like the jacket he wears, he went and got a bunch of, he wrote like a bunch of history of the character, like backstory, like different things, like items and stuff, and he lined it inside the coat to like, just, just for his own personal backstory of the character. You know what I mean? So he does shit like that. You know, he gets really into character. The one scene that made Lance Henriksen most want to take the role was where the deceased Billy sits up and asks his father what he's done. Uh, An early scene introducing the young adults from the city at a diner was filmed but cut from the final version of the movie. It also is based on a poem. We never mentioned that. This film Orphaned by the bankruptcy of D. Laurentis Entertainment Group, eventually garnered. D. Laurentis. Thanks. If you want to do it, then you want to read it, JP. What do you mean, you, you dude? You literally criticize everything I ever type, so I don't want to fucking hear it, dude. Eventually garnered. Well, but okay, garnered a well, spot yeah, release exactly. when acquired by United Artists, which tested under the film which tested the film under the alternate title Vengeance the Demon. Pumpkinhead's way better than that. <laughs> right? Uh, Vengeance the Demon? That would be such an awful title. Mm-hmm. Okay, the act, that's it. The, do- the dog. You didn't even mention the dog. Oh, about how it's the same dog from fucking Gremlins? Yeah. Is it really? Uh, the screenwriter <laughs> said they were inspired by horror movies of Mario Bava. Oh, there you go. Yep. There you go. Interesting. All right. Ratings? Why don't you go first? Um, okay, so I absolutely love Pumpkinhead. No um, way. <laughs> when I seen what like I've all, it always has been like in my top 20-ish, 30-ish horror films or whatever. Um, but the last time that I watched it, I thought it was like i just it didn't hit me like it normally did so i was kind of scared that 
the luster of it had worn off. But watching it this time, perfect mood and atmosphere again. It's getting close to October. Definitely such a good time to watch this. You know what I mean? The atmosphere is so thick in this film. The fog and just Haggis's cottage and stuff is so good. Um, it's it's a fast movie. It's uh, under an hour and a half. It, it flies by. It's a, it's a perfect revenge tale in in a, a what do they call it in the tagline? Like a uh, a dark fairy tale or something like that. I dig that tagline. Um, there's some cool posters for this film too. Um, the new commission artwork Scream Factory did was dope. The original pumpkin head with holding a pumpkin one is good. And then even the reverse um, factory. What's that, Jeremy? Nothing. I thought you had something to say. Um, <laughs> the uh, reverse art is pretty cool too. Um, I need to get a, a, like a, a different poster for a pumpkin head, like one of the original arts or something. I, I really like it. Um, I love this movie. Uh, I'm coming in at a nine out of ten. <clears throat> oh, the one other thing that's wrong with it is when the kid gets killed, it's kind of weak. He just like falls to the ground. Yeah, forgot to mention that. Those were the only two negatives. Was doesn't really get ran over. Yeah, but not he, but at all. the thing is, the thing is, he's not dead yet though. When he first, I never, when really, he, when I he, never. I guess that's possible. Yeah, I never thought of that. Well, yeah, his eyes are wide open, bro. Um, and he's blinking and shit. Yeah, man. Really? Pumpkin. I did not notice that ever while watching it. Pumpkinhead is is a you know a real. It's a really good movie, man. I, honestly, I've seen this movie lots of times, and I'm always fascinated on how a film can just capture a bond so fast and just have such great pacing. Um, and have so much emotion in it. I think that's what sells this film the most. There's, you know, the scene obviously when when Ed's son is hit by the bike and doesn't die because there's actually a scene where when Ed comes back and he he carries his son to his bed and he's kind of down in the dumps. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's not dead. That's he's, an understatement. <laughs> he's not dead yet. He's not dead yet. He's just kind of. Well, Ed knows he's going to pass away, and he's kind of just saying his last things to him. But his son, Damn, I, man, I always thought he was dead from the first. The, no, Jesus. because there's a scene where you know when he's holding him in the bed and he's kind of rubbing his head and stuff, and his son says, "Daddy," takes his last breath and dies. What? Where is it? What are you talking about? And that it's, happens it's in there. Fucking rights it does. That's why he doesn't die. He he doesn't die when he gets hit by the bike. But that raw emotion right there is insane because you can see Ed. You can see in his face. He's just like I lost my son, and he's fucking like it's just so emotional. It's one of the most emotional scenes you could ever see in a horror film. There's not too many scenes, even general films, that are you know that captivating because it's it it's so. It's so amazing because we only spent so many minutes with these characters to have that happen and it grips you right away. I think that's why this whole movie works so well, you know, as a basic kind of revenge film with a cool mythology and stuff. Um, is that part right there that sets it up right there? I can't believe you've missed this part like a hundred times, man. You've seen this movie yeah, how many times? I've seen this movie so many times. I've never know. I've always thought the kid was dead. I thought like I seen his hand move and shit, but I just thought it was like. Like, oh, like, that's a movie flub. Like, child actor doesn't have to hold still. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a possibility. But no, he literally says daddy 
and then takes his last breath and Dude. in the bed it's fucking brutal and then that kind of sets off ed um yeah man there's a lot there's a one thing i love about this film i love this small town feel i love that it actually feels which we'll get to we'll talk about this when we get to the the part three and four um the settings for those films because they weren't filmed in america but this one feels right it just yeah. it captures it so well i always thought that um, I've drove through a lot of states in, in America, and I've seen small little shit towns and, and things that I thought that they were never going to find our bodies. <laughs> you know, if my car <laughs> broke down, like there was areas just like this kind of thing. Captured very well. Atmosphere is awesome. You can see the Italian influence in that atmosphere in the woods and shit, the way it's shot. It's so Italian right there. Um, but uh, Pumpkinhead himself, man. The effects. Absolutely amazing. You can't go wrong with this. I'm also at a 9 out of 10. I think it's a great film. I think it's really unique in its style because you just... You don't capture emotion like this at all in horror films much. 8.5 from me. 8.5. I do. Got, I got a question, JP. Yeah? So... When Ed decides in this film that, you know, there becomes a point when all these, when Pumpkinhead has taken out all these teenagers one by one and shit, and he kind of realizes that, you know, this isn't for him. He doesn't really want this anymore, right? Do you think it's because Pumpkinhead is killing off more or less the people that were just associated with it, or do you think that he can't handle the pain and, and torture of his of his soul anymore. Do you think he want he wants to stop Pumpkinhead to save those lives because he realizes that you know he's killing off more people that you know shouldn't be killed off basically. I think that what the film's trying to say is that like you might want vengeance but then when you actually have it on your hands and you see how painful a death is and and i think that i i've always got the sense that he kind of feels what they're feeling a little bit too mm-hmm. so i think it's just like well in, in a literal and, form though because within the mythology he's actually when once those people are getting killed or when they get killed he literally feels their pain but i always thought yeah. maybe he like just couldn't fucking take it anymore he's like hey that's enough torture on me i think it, i think it's both like i think yeah. it's just See, i always think like... it, i think it is too i always thought it was kind of he's had enough he can't take this torturing he already knows that he's going to hell he might as well end this now because yeah. why why prolong it and watch the other six or seven people whatever it is die and, and have to still go through all that extra pain when you don't have to right I think so. I think you also just realized that like you know maybe maybe killing people isn't the best thing like it is the moral of like, the story though right it's like yeah you know i mean two wrongs don't make a fucking right yeah essentially i mean it's pretty basic stuff but just so much it just works on so many different levels it's crazy right yeah it just goes to prove you know you don't need a you know you don't need a crazy artsy confusing insane script to make a really interesting film yeah um fantastic love Pumpkinhead, man always yeah, have it's a good film i you know in a sense it's a little bit underrated because when you look i don't at, think it gets the credit of how it's because it's, it, it, it's not put up there with the hellraisers and the you know other you know second 
level type of horror movies. You know why? It's because it's a fucking it essentially a creature feature. You know, it's a fucking creature killing people. It's like in slasher form a little bit, but it's a creature. It is and actually. <laughs> you know, it's literally like one by one. It's you know, it's it's the same thing. Um, but it, I think it's the creature feature element. I mean, if you put a slasher, an actual person into the place of Pumpkinhead, I think people you know what would it recognize is? it a little bit more for what it is. It's that and the fact that he picks up a gun one time. It's the damn guns, dude. <laughs> I mean, fuck, you put the Driller Killer from Summer Party Massacre in here. What do you yeah. got? What do you got? Yeah, Probably more recognition, man. I did you know. know you actually have rated this film on the show before? What did I rate it? Episode 24, which was the OG Toolbox Murders versus the Remake Toolbox Murders. What the? Why was I talking about Pumpkin? That's weird. I don't remember even talking about it. Maybe Scream Factory release that just come out? Maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe. Um, I think it was your pick of the week, actually. Shit. Um, but, or it was in Quick Cuts back when we did that. <laughs> um, Which Quick Cuts... Yeah. Quick cuts were never quick cuts. <laughs> yeah, that was like probably one of my worst ideas, because um, me and Jeremy never had any. <laughs> yeah. It was just me um, listing up forty six films I watched. Yeah, throughout the week. <laughs> you gave it actually a nine point five out of ten. Oh really? Wow. Four. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah was... I mean, I think nine's appropriate for it. It's not a perfect film. It's definitely not perfect. I mean, yeah, uh, it, it's. I mean, to be honest, like. <sighs> A lot of the acting from the team, most of the teenagers in the film are pretty bad. Yeah. You can tell they're pretty amateur acting. I I agree, actually. I agree. I mean, so. All right. Hey, there he is. Turn it down, fuck. Come on. Let's finish this thing once and for all. But moving along here, man. So we're jumping from the 80s into the early 90s, 1993 to be exact, with Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings, directed by Jeff Burr. And I don't know why, but we've been reviewing a lot of Jeff Burr films. Because he makes all the shitty sequels. <laughs> it's crazy, man. So yeah, so recently like, we did Leatherface 3, Stepfather 2. Puppet Master Puppet Four, Master four and Five. five. <laughs> now this is like in a this is crazy. I can't believe how many films we've almost reviewed all of his horror films, his older <laughs> ones. Yeah, by chance without doing a spotlight. That's really bizarre. So, um, but yeah, Pumpkinhead Two, Blood Wings, Blood Wings, nineteen ninety three, thrill seeking teenagers resurrect a demon from his grave, and a bloody rampage for revenge begins. This is one that used to play on HBO all the time when I was a kid. I'm fucking curious on why me and Jeremy apparently are in the minority on Pumpkinhead 2 for not so liking awful. I've never liked this movie for It's really fu- it's a really fun movie. My Feels main, like Children of the Corn 2. One of my main reasons It does. That that's what I actually compared to that a little and bit. And it's awful. See, okay, there's no comparison in the the movies here, what I'm going to say, but the way this franchise goes, it reminds me of Nightmare on Elm Street because you got the first one, then you got the second one that's kind of like it's kind of like its own thing, you know? And it's own, completely rewrites the history of Pumpkinhead. And then yes. part three, which is a direct sequel to part one, same thing in the fucking Elm Street franchise. 
So <laughs> I, I always kind of compare these like that. But Pumpkinhead 2 is always discouraging to me. I don't think it's the worst movie in the in the world ever made. It's discouraging that they didn't that or that they decided to stray away from making an actual, you know, sequel to the original film. I, you know, they later on went ahead and did that. I think it was a little bit too late. They probably could have worked a little bit better here. Um, but this one, I don't know. As a standalone film, the I think acting you, sucks. I think if you take this right out of the Pumpkinhead franchise, if it was just the film by itself, I'd probably honestly like a little bit more this one just bugs the hell out of me man i fuck first of all i don't mind the story though that's that's the thing thing. i fucking hate the story and i hate the way it develops it's so fucking (laughs) i mean i get it okay this film opens up with a prologue um and it's basically shot in black and white it's sad dude and it's a bunch of fucking, you know, just asshole terrible teenagers. Human beings. Terrible, terrible fucking assholes. There's the, I call, what did I call them? The, uh, the bebop and bullies. <laughs> I think yeah. that was my two word review on, on, so the uh, B-52s, but the B- assholes. They pull up listen to bebop music. like Dark Knight and Scarecrow. Yeah, yeah. So these guys are just, I mean, it's just so unwarranted too. Like they're just dicks, man. They just show up <laughs> the, at this mongoloid like the dude house. That literally doesn't do anything. Like yep. he's just like eating his eating dog food. Sandwich, yeah, yeah they, they, just, <laughs> they just like show up at this fucking mongoloid's place, harass the shit out of him, and essentially kill Stabs him. Stabs him. Yep. Yeah, they they fucking stab the shit up, which is even more brutal in itself because like yeah, who it's not does like that? They accidentally knock him into the like the fucking oil hole. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? They the mine shaft or whatever. They literally like cut him up into pieces, like stab the shit out of him, and then drop him in. Like and which like it's okay. <laughs> I've always had a major problem with this because when you take characters or people like this, mm. I mean, if you're willing to just go and stab the shit out of, you're not normal in the head. But it jumps to the present day, and now all these people have like really good jobs. They're mayors, and they're fucking, yeah. or you know, they're. Uh, um, judges and Sheriffs. shit like that. I'm like, give me a fucking they, people like that. Don't grow up to be judges. You don't go and stab people. Sometimes they do. Oh, here we it's go. No fucking here way. We go with JP. The, the whole go. development of the story is so fucking stupid. I always hated it. I was like, there's no way this is happening. It, it's just insane to me. It's insane to me. Um, and I, I really do hate how they changed Pumpkinhead's mythology in this. Of course, this is kind of like a standalone film and stuff, but the mythology is a lot different too. I don't, the thing about it is like, I'm cool with it. Like I'm okay with it, but I just don't know. It doesn't, it could have worked as a pumpkin head. Like it could have, you could have done the same mythology with this technically, you know what I mean? So, but I did actually watch most of the behind the scenes interview with Jeff Burr. Um, apparently this legitimately was another film at one point and it was Hellraiser into a pumpkin head film. Thank you. Makes sense. Now it totally makes fuck. I did not know that, but now I knew something was up with this movie. Yeah. He said when he first read this script, he was really disappointed because, um, he loved, he really liked the first one. Yeah. And he was like hoping to make like, you know, the same thing, but different. And uh, he was really disappointed when he read the script. But apparently, they had spent so much time with the film already. They were supposed to shoot a couple times, and like some writers fell out and that. And uh, they had like all they had like literally like 
they had paid for like certain locations already that it literally needed to be shot immediately because mm-hmm. they were burning money every day that it wasn't shot. So um, that's why it ended up like this. Yeah. So it so makes sense. It feels it just like it, loses <laughs> all that atmosphere that the well, there's the, film there's has. No you know? The thing is, there's I mean, there are absolutely some, none. There's some, and you don't care about the characters. Like, like the, they're awful. They when Pumpkin can't Man act worth starts showing after the teens and stuff, there is some atmosphere. Um, like when yeah. he kills uh, Linnea Quigley and them, there's some decent like lighting and stuff that's going on outside of the 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 uh, barn. Um, when he kills the, uh, the, the, the judge, um, there's some good lighting in that scene and some actually some decent, um, effects with the hands and stuff like that. Uh, so there is, there's some, there's some decent shots and stuff in that, but yeah, that, that it's a completely different movie. This is like a nineties teen, like, I just, teeny, but I don't like, care about any I, of them. I, it's not even that. Like, I mean, I didn't I don't really care either. about the characters in the first film that much either, but this one. I, I, I hate the way so what we get here is you know the the son of the judge you know he was like the king asshole back in the day and his son you know is the splitting image he's, he's the splitting image of his fucking father he's a total asshole and they're they're literally just these characters that don't give a fuck about anything like they're just out to do whatever and that that's the thing I don't like about the setup here you know they just go and fucking find this, you know, this, uh, this potion and they go and resurrect a demon. But the point I'm trying to make here is why did they fucking do it? Well, see, I would do some shit like that, but the problem that comes the, the, the problem with the story is that how vicious they are towards the old woman that makes it completely unbelievable. Yeah. Because it's like, why would anybody like just murder an old woman? You know what I mean? Like I would totally, if you told me dump this blood on this grave and I would do that because I don't believe in any of that shit. So I would be like, I don't give a fuck up there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, so, you have to remember there's a guy who throws corn hawks at people. So. But it, but it literally makes what no did you sense. used to do back in the day where you used to f- uh, throw just corn, corn. Just oh, corn. corn yeah yeah of course everybody did that as a kid sure but i guess i guess they're trying to showcase that you know that the judge's son is exactly like him and they just do violent yeah. things for the sake of doing violent things and stuff but you know it would have been more interesting in the story if they you know if they really thought that it was actually going to work and there was a reason to resurrect the demon and stuff but there really isn't they just resurrect no no they just literally are fucking around and and the chicks kind of seems like she's into the little witchy craft stuff and she's like she's like this is some serious stuff guys and like and then of course let's and but i can totally it's like the same reason you play with a ouija board inside an old abandoned house right like you know you don't think anything's actually gonna happen you know what i mean so you're just like but for movie's sake though it'd be more interesting if there was actually you know it was that it was progressing to something bigger they're just fucking well, whatever. Well, the main story here, though, is that Pumpkinhead's seeking revenge on the people who killed his son. I know, but this is the this is the story that they came up with to resurrect Pumpkinhead. Uh-oh. You know, like you know what I'm saying? Accidental. It, it, yeah, it, it's just it's so weak in itself. I understand what Pumpkinhead's doing. I, I, he, I like it. He enough. gets revenge. It, it, it doesn't bug me too bad. He gets. I mean, he's obviously. I mean, the, the story is very weird with how they explain Pumpkinhead in this one because so they pretty much throw out the the story of the original Pumpkinhead. Even the the old witch is not the same witch. They have a different name. It's yeah. not Haggis. It's, it's yeah. like Messy or Missy or something. Actually, the witch in all these films looks oh, different too. Uh, OC, yeah, <laughs> Miss OC or whatever. So, um, 
Okay, the one way that you could technically connect it, right? So Uh-oh. check it out. They mention in the first pumpkin head that they bury kin that they were ashamed of in that cemetery. So we know that originally the pu- original pumpkin head demon was uh, some so, like someone they were ashamed of that was buried back there. So technically it probably could have been a real person at one point, just like Ed Harley was a real person and ended up as that demon um, body. So he could have had a son and this is that son who was in a neighboring area who grew up in the woods because his pumpkin head father, uh, the original guy who was, you know, the, 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 the kin they were ashamed of had a kid and then he lived in the woods because he was obviously abandoned because his dad died and turned into Pumpkinhead or whatever. And this old woman, Osi, um, took care of this kid. Um, and then they killed him, buried him in this area. And then that's how the, uh, by proxy, the, the Pumpkinhead demon is connected to this kid. It actually kind of could work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if it was set in the same county, though. Mm-hmm. Well, I, what county is it? I don't. Do they mention where it's set? Do they mention where the first one's set? I believe so. I, I think they do. Right. But it's clearly not the same. It's clearly it's not, not the, same the same area, but also, no. you know. There's um, no woods. I mean, yeah, I could see the connection I mean, if it was the same area. It went pretty far. I mean, it, that could have been the simple connection is just having it's the same area. You know that would totally actually be a connection right there, but I don't yeah. think it is at all. So they oh, it of, doesn't look like the same area. This is definitely, definitely more not. of a modernized area. Yeah. But again, like you know, just in this town, if you drive a half hour, you know, north, you're going to end up in the boonies. But you you drive uh, a half hour the other way, and you're going to end up in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Technically, north would be Pittsburgh, south would be the boonies. But you get what I'm saying. So it, it, I mean, it's not. So the, these places are close. Like the, there are areas like this that are close together. So you're cool with you know this film kind of cha- I changing changing mythology care. and stuff, or you know what I mean. You know, like the same first, way I don't care about you know any fr- Halloween three, right? Completely different movie, whatever. It's just a no, different no, story. No, 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 no. There's a difference between Halloween three and Pumpkinhead two. There definitely is. There's there's a difference because Can't I mean this one those two. this one has like a similar. Let me. I'm I'm trying to think of a another film that you know is is very different than the the first. Maybe like Pet Cemetery two. I like that one. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I'm I'm kind of cool with it. I would I prefer if it was like an actual Pumpkinhead movie. Yeah, I would prefer that. But uh, I've always liked this one. I thought it was fun as a kid. Um, think it's I rewatched it and I hadn't seen this in a long time, and I still was like, yeah, I still have Zach this give much this fun. Mofo a ten out of ten. Zach is dumb. That's I don't understand that. There's actually a pretty interesting line in the film when they walk through that that one area and the guys pet like cemetery? the fuck is yep. this pet cemetery? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad they too. said that because that's the same thing I was thinking of. Yeah. Well, it literally looks the same area. Like the whole pentagram, it just, I don't know, just instantly. I mean, if you pay attention for a long time, it, it doesn't, but it totally reminds you of Pet Cemetery. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. But, uh, I um, you know, one thing I do, like, Pumpkinhead doesn't look overly that bad in this film. 
Maybe a little no, bit. No, it looks more, great. Maybe it a little doesn't look bad in any of these films unless it's like a long shot. Then unless, he looks there like was shit. one. Unless, I can't remember what shot it is, but he looks a little bit rubbery in one in one spot. But I'm like, eh, whatever. He looks okay, uh, which actually kind of shocks me. You know, considering mm. you know coming off of Winston's design, and then this is obviously a new one, but looks pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? Like this is like the chainsaw two of. Of Pumpkinhead films, you know, no, what I mean? it's no, not even close, bro. What do you? No, I mean, in terms of like difference, like in terms of tonal difference, you know, get what I'm saying? Like, like Chainsaw no. Two is completely different. Eat. I don't guess think. So. No. Moods. Yeah, but I don't know, man. But there's still a connection there, though, right? Yeah. To, you know, TCM2, there's still a connection. This one, I feel like... I did make a connection that kind of works, though. Yeah, but it's... I, the, the problem is, I don't think it's set in the same areas. So, I mean, if it was... But if it's based if on it where they're like, buried... Let's say it was, like, 15 miles away, right? Like, that's not possible for this kid to travel 15 miles through the woods. Maybe he was chased out of his original place, you know? But, I mean, it's so far-fetched, right? I feel like nah. this is totally. I mean, like it's far different... fetched that there's a mongoloid living in the woods to begin with, though. See, I don't think they were even trying to make a connection here at all. I think it's a, <laughs> I, it's a standalone it film, work, but I'm saying it can totally work. Well, I mean, if you put it into into perspective of anything, you could probably do that with anything. Yeah. I I personally yeah. don't think it. I mean, yeah, can someone go fifty walk fifty miles for sure? For sure. I mean, that's totally plausible. Yeah. Right, but I just think in this context, I think it's just its own thing. I think it's way off, and I mean, there's no there's no problem with that. I just you don't have fun with like any of the kills, like Kane Hodder and his fucking <laughs> brother. The, no, and some of the, the kills sister, are okay. some of the kills are okay and in this. Linnea, film. come on, that Linnea scene's awesome. Yeah, like like the the villains in this one are completely mustache twirly. Like it's. It's a prime example of a movie that's not really taking itself that serious. The mayor um, looks retarded. I mean, I guess it is taking itself serious, but I feel like the actors were kind of aware. I just really, TV. like I said, man, I mean, it's not the worst thing ever. Some of the kills are good. I, I give props for them designing a decent pumpkin head, too. Soundtrack is fucking awful in this film. <laughs> There's so many fucking bad oh, music sucks in this film. See, I um, like so that. many characters I that you just fucking want thing. to die. I guess that's the point. They're supposed to be all shitheads, but it's just not enjoyable to me, man. There's just so many choices and so many things that are happening. I mean, right from the sheriff's daughter, right away, like she's this bad girl. Of course, she's the fucking bad. Everything's so damn cliche. That was so cliche in the '90s, though. That was new back then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they didn't do that in the '80s, really. Like the kid, the kid that got kicked out of their school in the previous town and yeah. now they're here you know what i mean but she's like this um, badass like hey where are you going i'm like well i'm not going to the school i'm going over here like i'm rolling with you like i just met you two seconds ago you're going fucking dude, rolling the, the girl is really unlikable too though because like you're like what do you see in this douchebag you know what i mean yeah, yeah. um she clearly likes him you know what i mean but it's just like why <laughs> but i uh I really, I really like this movie. I think it's a blast, dude. Well, I've th- always had fun with it. Actually, another thing I really have always disliked about this film too, and I thought it was so fucking stupid that Pumpkinhead is kind of toying with them too. You know, he's not just straight up walking into their places and, and you know and taking them out and shit. He's literally fucking with their heads, and he's leaving those little red wing trails, and he's you know he's fucking with their heads and shit. 
Really? Well, it's a different pumpkin head too. It's not. This is not. Like, I know. I just don't like that. I just. I just. Of, but any type yeah. of any type of person that's out for revenge has one goal to fucking get revenge, not to play mind games and fuck with people's heads and shit. And I understand from from a movie. I don't standpoint, think he's necessarily. Oh, but he is. But he. Heads. But he is though, I man. Think even the judge like, when he looks up and he's like, "Oh, Red Wings, fuck! Like, what the fuck's going on? Like, something's going. Like, I mean, you got to build that tension a little bit. I understand that, but." It's just, it's a fucking creature out for revenge that's so stupid, man. This the, isn't The like whole some... point of the Red Wings is just to let the um, guy from Hellraiser, like, investigate this shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's an investigative narrative with the guy from Hellraiser. Yeah. What's that guy's name? But that, but that shit doesn't have to be there, though. That whole investigative <laughs> yeah, narrative. The investigative I like narrative Frank's is, brother. I like that stuff. It's kind of retarded. I, like I, mean, I mean, if I'm going to watch an investigative narrative... I, I'm fuck, I'm gonna pop in a giallo, man. I'm not a Pumpkinhead two movie. <laughs> yeah, and then you'll be bored to death. No. <laughs> oh fuck off! <laughs> give me a break. I mean, come on, that whole the whole subplot with the you know the police investigation. I mean, give me a break. It's a creature feature revenge film. We don't need that shit, man. It, it just feels so off kilter and it seems awkward. It's a to product me. of its time, man. This it really movie is. is. But you have to admit, this dude like, is straight nineties. <laughs> it, it's it's a really bad script in all levels. Like everything's so cliche it is, in this it's film. It's really sloppy. It's, it's really so cliche. It, it's just it's it, the one part of the film that always makes me laugh. Because here's the thing, but dude, bad, right? but cliche like, fun is cliches good. in the eighties of like oh it's like summer party massacre is super fucking cliche. It's as cliche as they come. But people love summer party massacre. I'm not saying Pumpkinhead 2 is great, but I'm saying the cliches we excuse in the 80s and for some reason we pick apart in the 90s. Maybe enough time that's hasn't not passed entire, That's not entirely true, man. I mean, there's there's certain films too. I, I'm not... Idle Hands, examples. you don't pick up. You don't pick across in that movie, super 90s. Well, I don't pick across, pick apart any of them because I like 90s movies. I like a lot of 90s movies too. I've, I've never had a problem with, you know... 1990s what? Was that what it was? Yeah, man. I, you know, then that's a series of me defending '90s movies. I wasn't gonna have Pumpkinhead two in there, Should. <laughs> but, but it's just listen. Shit. Like, I it, know Pumpkinhead two is bad. It's it got bad things in it. But this is a film where the fun factor, and this is why I say that like fun factor shouldn't matter that much in a critique because fun factor is come. It's like the most subjective thing out of anything. Like we could look at Pumpkinhead and say that is a good creature design. Right. Technically, it's opinion and somebody can be like that. No, that's a bad creature design. But at the end of the day, it's something more. Um, le- it's less subjective because it- it's like, you. well, th- there's certain rules to so- something that looks decent. But like fun factor is just like, I like it because it appeals to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like it's really weird. But I, I really like Pumpkinhead, too, because I find it. I find everything about it entertaining. Like, I don't even not like anything, really. You know what I mean? <laughs> so weird. I don't find it entertaining <laughs> at all. I mean, like I said, try to disconnect myself from the first one, knowing that this one is, you know, pretty much a standalone film. I just don't like the way it develops at all. I think it's retarded. It's like absolutely it's retarded. Dumb. It is fucking so stupid. And it's got like, oh, it's got some parts like the scene where um, Pumpkinhead picks <laughs> up the dude and he breaks his back. That yeah, whole that fucking crazy. scene is ruined because of that shitty ass country music. What is this fucking Howling no, Part dude, Seven? I love. What that. is this Howling Part Seven? That Jesus. is the best way to die in a movie. To yeah, shitty bet. country music. Yeah. Oh, dude, but that, that, fuck. It, that, that was some bad. Shit. So well, this sleazy ass redneck in this fucking thing, and I, I Linnea and 
That mayor had to be the fucking most 90s looking dude I've ever seen in my life with that fucking mullet. Like, oh, no, Jesus dude, the, the, Christ. The kids are the most, not the black kid, the, uh, you know the long haired, black haired kid. Like, <laughs> dude, they are super 90s. Well, I'm a fake ass nigga 90s kid, so I don't know anything. You know what? Where, as JP says. in the N word. Did you just say huh? nigga? That's what JP said I am. I didn't say the N-word. I would mm-hmm. never thought that word would get brought up in a Pumpkinhead 2 review. That's insane. But you know what, you, saying, you know what else is I was is supposed really, to tell Andrew that. So You know what else is really sloppy, JP, is the dude, um, the hunter guy, the redneck dude. Yeah. Um, how in the fuck does he know that there's something going on out there? There's like no development with the character. He just kind of has this hunch that there's something bad out there. There's something going on. Like he just kind of comes to the sheriff's office and he's talking to you know his old friend kind of thing, right? He said no. He said that he was. Uh, I think he said that he saw the kids up at o, like o, OC's house or whatever. But I think Pumpkinhead had already been released, or like something was already going on with Pumpkinhead. Anyways, like he'd already been doing some shit. But like, Ooh, he, I how can't did, remember. But how did he know? Yeah, I mean the kids could have been up there or whatever, remember. but like he he he's kind of implying that you know there's something out there. Like he's implying that Pumpkinhead's out there, kind of. Because like, he's a doomsayer, like Crazy Ralph. <laughs> I guess right. I'm just like, how the fuck did he know that? I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. It's all right, it's all right, sloppy, sloppy writing. Played, uh, sloppy. Yeah, R.A. Manhoff and Kane Hodder up in this bitch. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I will give oh, him we credit, never though. mentioned that the guy at the beginning of the first pumpkin head is uh, Dick Warlock. Oh, um, it, yeah. Who played Myers in part two, I believe. Um, Andrew Robertson, that's his name. That's uh, the dad slash sheriff in this film. He was um, uh, Frank and uh, Kirstie's father in Hellraiser. So you want some trivia? I will say both the girls that are in this film are good looking. Mm-hmm. Attractive. Uh, let's see. The Book of the Dead prop from Army of Darkness is on display inside the Miss Ozzy's house. Yeah, because KMB yeah. did the effects in this one, yeah. I think. Yeah, they did the effects in that. I actually, uh, had, that written, I actually had that written down. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Shot in 24 days. Uh, Judge <laughs> Dixon's house is the same location used in Motel, Motel Hell. Hell, yeah. Oh, you can actually is that tell. why that looks familiar? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That's cool. That's cool. All three original Pumpkinhead films have connections to Hellraiser, oh, Andrew original? Robinson, Doug Bradley, and Lance Hendrickson all have all acted in both franchises. Why did they not say all four? Maybe that was a typo. According to Jeff Burr on the DVD auto commentary, a few short seconds were cut from the film in order to avoid an NC-17. These were mainly from Pumpkinhead clawing up the farmer in the first death scene and from the monster's own death at the end. Hmm. And when Pumpkinhead burst into the judge's house, you could see the tennis shoes the actor Pumpkinhead is wearing. Shit, I didn't even see that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so ratings. Loads. Uh, again, Pumpkinhead. T- no, what was it? it? <laughs> Pumpkinhead Two, Blood Wings. Um, yeah, it's you know it's not the worst movie in the world. It's definitely watchable. I mean, if you just kind of super your mind watchable. Off, you know, 
at least Pumpkinhead looks good. I'll, I'll give him that. You know, and the, some of the kills in the film are pretty good, even though some are this ruined by shitty ass music. This one is definitely a Pumpkinhead slasher. You know it's what I mean? Just, like, to the next extent. <laughs> yeah, I just, oh my god, the whole setup in this movie, like I said, is just, it's beyond me. There's there's a lot of sloppiness to it, a lot of sloppy writing and shit. But, uh, you know, it is watchable. I... I, I don't get the praise for this film at all. I don't see what the fuck people are seeing. I in don't this, man. think people are praising. I don't it. find it overly that entertaining. I find it actually kind of slow at times, to be honest. You know, for a film that runs just under ninety minutes, there is a lot of downtime in this. Surprisingly, what? Um, there ain't no downtime. There is. There's some fucking. There's some long ass scenes. And you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> You know, I mean, at least if you're going to have atmosphere in those fucking scenes, you know, it's, you know, it's giving you something. It's not giving you boredom, but, uh, yeah, man, I've never been with this one. I don't know if I've ever rated this film before. I feel like I have, but my rating is no surprise. I've said this many times, four and a half out of 10. Okay. So your original rating on episode 31 was a five. Yeah. That sounds about right. Which was forever ago. As well, so we watch it again four and a half out of ten. <laughs> four out of ten. All right. Um, I like me some pumpkin head too. Uh, I think that it is really fun. There's some great kills in it. Uh, I love the look of pumpkin head, he's pretty awesome. It's like a slasher film, man. To me, it's like, yeah, the story is a little silly and stuff like that. Um, uh, and the one thing that always like I crack up at. And it's not supposed to be funny. It's actually really sad, but it's at the end when um, Andrew Robertson's like, Tommy, remember, she's my daughter, Tommy, remember. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, Tommy, I saved your life remember Tommy oh, and it's God. just like this pumpkin head looking around like just standing there all tall as fucking shit <laughs> he's like like you get, it's weird seeing pumpkin head think you know what I mean um which is weird because is this supposed to be fucking Tommy or pumpkin head like his dad it doesn't make any sense with that no it doesn't um it's supposed to be both or something I don't know <laughs> that's it i'm coming in at a four no i'm just joking um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah it's sad when Pumpkinhead gets like killed by all the people like you feel bad for pumpkin and he's like he's like just trying to get a little revenge and they're just like <laughs> blowing him away and, yeah, shit. They blast the shit and it's like hanging there and then you get like intercut with tommy some good filmmaking by jeff burr right there um and i'm coming in at a seven out of ten for pumpkin head yeah, to uh, blood wings <laughs> fuck you guys I don't care. Didn't this just happen too? Didn't we have like a huge? Oh yeah, yeah that was Curse on of Puppet Curse of Puppet Curse of Puppet Master for show. For show. That's so twice in the last three shows that's happened, man. Three point difference. Damn. Yeah. Crazy. The, the, the nun too. He gave a higher rating than. Mm-hmm. Man. Insane. He's just stupid. So. <laughs> Ashes to Ashes, the next installment of the Pumpkinhead series. All right, man. So moving along, 13 years later, in 2006, we get Pumpkinhead 3, also known as Pumpkinhead Ashes to Ashes. Uh, This one here is directed by Jake West. Um, Who can't direct. I think this was... Oh, fuck, he's actually done some pretty funny movies, man. Um, He's the guy that directed... 
Doghouse. Doghouse. Yes. Doghouse was fun, man. It was yeah. fun. He did something else that, was, that I liked. I can't remember. But... <laughs> this is like vintage... Um, mid 2000s direct to video slash direct to TV movies so like you all you have to do is you know get one to two horror icons in it and go (laughs) you know what I mean like that's that's what they were all about back then all right so I just have like one confusing thing in this movie Okay, well, let, let him get into the plot first. All right. Residents of a small backwoods community summon the murderous demon of vengeance, himself a revenge against a local mortician who wronged their deceased loved ones, while a town physician seeks to kill those involved in its summoning. So, we have, yes, our big stars in this film are, of course, Lance Hendrickson and Doug Bradley from Pinhead. Doug Bradley plays from Pinhead. A, you mean from Hellraiser? From Hellraiser, whatever. Fuck, I'm tired. Uh, yeah, me too. But kind of cool, man, to see Doug Bradley in a different role, and he's actually pretty damn good in this film too. He's in it a lot. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what, man? Let me just say this off the top. Um, I had bought both of these. I got them for Christmas. My grandmother actually bought them for me in like 2012, and I had just found out they existed. And I was like, holy shit, they made two more Pumpkinhead movies. And all I knew is they were made for sci-fi channel movies. For whatever reason, I never saw them on TV. Even at that era, I would watch the sci-fi originals a lot. Because honestly, sci-fi originals were not always stupid sharks in space. You know what I mean? Like they actually made some some interesting, like fun, lower budget independent films at one point. Um, and... I popped them in, and right away, I was absolutely pr- surprised at two things. One, that they had Lance Henriksen, because I didn't know, because um, he's actually not on the cover of the DVD. And then two, that it actually had continuity and characters from the original, like Bunt and Haggis. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. I was like so impressed by that. I just never expected it with a sci-fi original sequel to but like clearly trying to just cash in on whatever name Pumpkinhead had with horror fans. Yeah. I, I just didn't expect that. At I all. give them props, man, you know, for the writers and, and Jake West and, you know, at least doing the research and deciding to do a, you know, a direct sequel to the first one. So that's kind of cool. You know, at yeah. least it shows that it's, you know, um, but yeah, so Doug Pradley plays a doctor, um, slash black market distributor. <laughs> He's yep. basically, uh, stealing people's organs and selling them on the black markets. And mm-hmm. uh, so when it all kind of comes out, there's a bunch of dead bodies that are revealed and shit. Some well, family- well what no has happens? What happens is, um, he hires Bunt to like do like the handiwork and yeah. like yeah. get rid of the corpses. And he's basically throwing them in a swamp. And there's just a dude like walking his dog in the woods, and he catches Bunt doing it. Yeah. And then he like runs, but then he ends up at the mortician the. Uh, mortuary or the actually it's yeah I think it's a um, crematorium or something that he ends up at and he, he sees them actually like stealing body parts yeah like in the basement and they're like how'd he get in here even though he just like walked through the open doors um, <laughs> and so that's that's what like sets them off and they go and and drain the swamp and, and how the fuck do they the let bodies. the doctor go 
Even though um, he fucking drives the pickup truck with the crematorium logo on the side and all this shit. It's because like, they don't, don't they... necessarily know. Because he's like respected in the town and stuff and they didn't know. <laughs> yeah, but it's at, it's at it's at his it, crematorium. It, it is, so it's like, but... don't you think he would know? That's a little bit fucking bullshit. Which, which in itself, you know, I even questioned when I was watching this movie too. I'm like, you know, if it's at a crematorium, you can get rid of the evidence by... Bro, I thought the same thing. I was like, wait, why are they throwing them in the fucking swamp when they're in a... Well, they literally could just burn them. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the best way of getting ev- getting rid of evidence yeah. because when it leaves When you find a nothing. bunch of bodies without organs in the fucking swamp, you're going to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> I know, it's... it's that, that's like one of the bigger plot holes in the it entire... Is, man. It's, it's kind of <laughs> silly. Anyways, a young kid is revealed in there, and then, of course, the town folk decide that they want to get revenge... Because they and they know. all know old little haggis. Because they also find Ed Harley's body. So it's been a long time. Apparently, Pumpkinhead hasn't been conjured up in quite a while because it's still the original Ed Harley uh, Pumpkinhead demon thing that's buried out in the pumpkin patch. See, I always and thought that it was this was the next time. This being a direct sequel to the first one. It is one. the next time. Yeah, yeah it so is. it's literally the yeah. next time, which is kind of cool Wait, that they did that. Yeah. Yeah, so um, they actually find it buried out there near the swamp. No, they just needed a way to bring Lance Henderson back. So they they bring that body, which is like clearly a little different than the other ones. And then Haggis shows up and she's like, this one's mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so she takes Which is kind of interesting in, 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 its, in itself too, right? Because we were talking about how she doesn't really retain or take anything and stuff. But at that point, she's claiming... That this is hers. Yeah. It's kind well, of it's kind I mean, of it is it adds to the fact that she's the guardian of that pumpkin head yeah. thing. Yeah, that's, that's, um that's so she uh they, basically, you know, they conjure up pumpkin head to get revenge on these fucks. Um the only one thing that I wish they would have did, it would have been a nice attention to detail, is if they named Bun's sister Hesse, because that was her name in the original, but it's something different in this one. But but he did have other sisters, so it's it's fine. I'm just saying the only yeah. I was just gonna say he, he has like ten Hesse. sisters. <laughs> yeah, but but it would have been cool if they made it the one that was named in the original. You know what I mean? That that I mean I, they already done so much. I can't hate them for it. But if I was making it, I would have named her. You know, what? I mean, they got the they got the essentials right. I mean, they managed to write Ed Harley back into it, which was kind of cool. He's not in the it, film a whole lot. Actually, He's pretty cool how they bring him back yeah. he's like he's like uh and i i just liken it to the maybe the fact that he does commit suicide or somewhat so maybe I, he's in a purgatory instead of straight like no i think he mentions it in dialogue that this is this is his duty now he's he has to come back uh he's yeah. forced for eternity to let people know as kind mm-hmm. of the good ghost not to go through with this or else you're going to yeah, end up so like he him. Kinda, He's kind of like he turns into almost like a guardian angel in a sense. Yeah. So he he like his last, you know, his the fact that he does something different than the previous people, where he tries, he just kills himself to stop it, and it doesn't exact the revenge. Kind of stops him from going to hell and actually being, you know, stuck in like the purgatory, like like angel thing. That I actually think that's pretty fucking smart. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad actually. Yeah. I mean, it actually makes sense to the story. Yeah, it, which is weird that anything would make sense in this. Like, you expect it to be completely shit, yeah. and it's just like it actually has some strong points. You know, it does, man. I think the whole story in the in the setup in this film is actually pretty cool. I actually like the whole 
I mean, besides the obvious massive fucking plot hole with the cream that doesn't <laughs> yeah. i mean if you kind of put that off to the side it's kind of cool um i couldn't even, i even tried to sit there and think of a reason why like maybe like what would the reason be like what would here we go I can't keep trying to think thing. shit like he always does yeah well it could be I mean, you don't do that when you watch a movie you see a problem and you're like well what what reason what, could there be any possible reason because then it justifies whether it's a true you know, plot hole, or if it's just something it, like an oversight. So this is not an oversight. Like it's definitely there's there's no other reason that they wouldn't burn. I can't think of anything. Could you? No, it makes no sense. I mean, yeah. if you're doing what you're doing, the first thing on your mind is to get rid of the evidence. And if yeah. you have it right in front of you, why wouldn't you use it? <laughs> yeah. mean, I don't know. I think my big my biggest issue with this film, um, you know, obviously the witch changes from from film to film. You know, I, not a problem with that. I mean, the aesthetic, you know, the look of the witch and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. You know, it is what it is. They're going to do what they're going to yeah, I mean, on it and she, stuff. It's so long from now too that yeah, she honestly to me she looks better than Pumpkinhead Two Witch. Yeah, well, anything's better than Pumpkinhead. Yeah, Head I think too. so too, actually. Um, but my main issue with this movie is the fact that, you know, these were made for sci-fi film or sci-fi you know, television. Uh, yeah. So they were the obviously are pretty good besides they, the pumpkin head. They were low, well, obviously low budget good films. In the, okay. So this one has this one. These were made. I don't know if they were filmed back to back, but they were released years, uh, one year apart. But these movies were obviously filmed together, and this is what I'm getting at. My biggest problem with these films is that they were filmed in Romania, and I generally wouldn't have a problem with that. But for they're supposed to be set in an American setting, and it doesn't feel like that at all. Because if you look at the architecture, the buildings, and everything around, that does not scream America at all. That's old, like that's European shit right there. Like if you're familiar well, with that type of stuff, more so in this one than big time. Like what? everything about it, like the houses, like the buildings, everything. Like even the just, crematorium and yeah. everything. It, that's yeah. old, old, rundown Romania. Like they've they picked a cool Hostile. location. It just doesn't work for the story because it's supposed to be in small town America. That doesn't like Virginia like, or something. Yeah, it doesn't really, and it's noticeable. Like right away when you're watching, you're like, man, yeah. that's not America right there. And then, so I looked it up and it was like Romania. I'm like, I was right again. <laughs> you know, it was like, <laughs> like, I knew that wasn't. But, um, so that's kind of my main the, problem with the film. But, so I, I think that, um, the, uh, the, the, like one of the biggest problems with Pumpkinhead 3, um, is they do use a lot of heavy CG in this one. They actually don't that much in Pumpkinhead 4, surprisingly. But they do a lot. They do a lot more. Shots? They do a lot more suits in um, Pumpkinhead uh, Four. But like in this one, when they break into like the church or the crematorium or whatever, and he comes through the window, it is god awful CG. When he's climbing up to no. get yeah. the worst part. The... the worst fucking part is when Pumpkinhead jumps from the building yeah. down. Oh yeah. my god! It looks like that's what it I was looks like ninety CG. Yeah, it looks like Cube Two level. Oh, nice. it's oh that you, you were talking, but oh man, it, I, I agree, man, I agree. But it's funny <laughs> the because there, ups are good. there is practical. There is quite a bit. Oh, of there's practical definitely pumpkin suit in. suit work in this. He looks smaller in this one. Pumpkin, but his um, face is like, the movie. His face is quite different too. There's something and he going has on. Pointed there. shoulders, like they were always pointed, but these ones are like straight points instead of like yeah. curved points. 
um, which I noticed. But he still looks kind of good, you know? No, that's... They, they white out his eyes and I think, this one and actually part two, I think. But um, I think that looks pretty cool. I looked at the cover and I was like, this is going to be awful when I pop this one in, you know what I mean? Like, because the cover looks pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was actually surprised they do do a lot of practicals. Like they do practicals on the witch. It's clearly like a, a woman in old age makeup. Which by this point she would be twenty years older than she was, you know, almost in uh, the uh, original Pumpkinhead. Which I think she definitely had to be around when Ed Harley was a kid. So she's got to be super old now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool shout out in this film though. There's a scene, I think, in the crematorium. Is it in the crematorium? I think. Don't you think the film feels like it should end after the church? But they're like, oh, we only have 45 minutes. I feel minutes. like this one is definitely like too long. It's like, oh, we have 45 minutes, and it's like a happy ending in the church. Pumpkinhead's dead, but they're like, well, oh, shoot, we still have like an hour left. What should we do? That's classic TV format, though, where they take commercial breaks and stuff. I was wondering, is this... Um, they definitely probably have had... They definitely probably uh, shot more gore than they put in the TV. I would yeah, think. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing actually because it was Pretty a lot bloody. more. Yeah, it was definitely a lot more gorier oh. than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Well, you want to read some trivia? <laughs> there's well, one. Piece, there's I think right. There's one. There's one cool thing, man. There's a nice little shout out to fucking the Hellraiser franchise. Yeah, that's with, what I was gonna read. Oh really? Yeah, I actually noticed that in the film. So. Around the 50-minute mark in the film, a whole stack of puzzle boxes from the Hellraiser series could be seen in the background on a table in the office of the doctor played by Doug Bradley. Yeah, in the office. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't cool even uh, notice that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Which I would have. Yeah, so this one is done. weird. Like, I feel like the, the mythology kind of – the this one is, like, better for, like, an actual pumpkin head story. Like, the revenge is pretty simple and stuff. Like, it's 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 very similar to the original, um, you know, vengeance. It's and, pretty much like, the exact same, actually. Yeah, kill everybody who was involved with wronging the town or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Bunt is – like, it's I think it's so cool that they actually show flashbacks of the original. Yeah. I – for some reason, I just felt like they wouldn't have had the rights to do that, but apparently they did. <laughs> um, but yeah, it shows Bunt when he's a kid. I, it would have been cool if they got the same actor to play him, considering the guy still was acting at the time. Which probably would have worked too, man. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Fuck. I think they make him look a little too, like, fat. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I'm like, man, he's a little chunkier than he was when he was a kid. But, I mean, it's 20 years later. Who knows? Anything can happen. I gained a lot of weight after high school. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think? Ratings, I guess? Sure. Jeremy? Four out of ten. Four out of ten. And then uh, me. Um, I came in... At one rating, but I started feeling a little bit different about it um, today and as we talked through it. Um, I initially had it at uh, 4.5, but I'm going to go up to a, a 5.5, actually. So a whole point difference. 
Yeah, I actually kind of like this one, man. I think it's pretty decent for what it is. I really respect the fact that they connect this directly to the first film. I mean, that gets big it points. Is, it is so refreshing. You never would have thought they would have put that much no. care into a sci- fucking made-for-sci-fi film. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I get, you know, that's that's a a lot of points right there. You know, just for doing that little bit of homework and connecting and mad props, man, mad props and getting Doug Bradley, Lance Hendrickson back. It's pretty fucking cool, man, bringing back. It's just Cool shit, man. I mean, Hendrickson's not really in the film a whole lot, but what when he is though, he stills the scenes. Yeah, he's pretty good. I mean, some of the kills are pretty good. I mean, I think one of the major flaws is the setting that they used, and obviously the shitty ass effects. But I mean, at least there was practical with some pretty decent kills in this and stuff. Um, atmosphere is pretty good in this. I mean, at least they picked it up. They didn't follow part two's uh, lead and not Ooh. have any atmosphere <laughs> like this one actually <laughs> has pretty decent atmosphere you know um to the film yeah like they show the pumpkin patch again and stuff and the Fucking, woods do yeah. look very different but at the same time they tried the set design they tried to make it look similar mm-hmm. i appreciate that i i actually like this movie more than i thought i i did another odd thing about this movie is that uh Is that it's like, well, actually, I should say the whole franchise. These movies progressively get longer as they go. <laughs> the, that, the problem with so these next weird. These two later sequels is they do actually feel long, though. Yeah. Like, this one does feel long. Yeah, and that was Hour, what, that was leading minutes? into. If it was like 80 minutes instead of 90, I think it would be. It's 95. Yeah. So Yeah, if it was, if it was 80 or 2 or something like that, it would probably feel like perfect yeah these movies need these ones need to definitely be a little bit shorter the middle in this film drags like a motherfucker it really does there's some slow moving ass parts and stuff but i actually kind of like this movie man um i don't know what it is i had a lot of fun watching this again i was pissing my fucking pants it's at the cg though (laughs) it's so bad (laughs) and i think one of the funniest scenes ever is when the fucking church blows and doug bradley's character gets blown across the parking lot (laughs) i fucking was dying at that part it just looks so funny because i wasn't expecting him to blow like 50 yards (laughs) across the parking lot fucking hilarious man um but i actually kind of really like this one i'm coming in a six out of ten Awesome, dude. I'm happy you liked it because I, I do. I do too. But I just came in. I was at a four point five, and then I really thought about it. I'm like, why? I actually like this movie. <laughs> but all right. Yeah, it's it, it definitely. I don't know, man. I think these last. I don't think a lot of people have seen it's, these. You never hear people I just talk appreciate about appreciate them. Yeah. I just appreciate the continuity and like pain, like the care that they put into the story, even though they didn't have to. They didn't have to do that at all. Yeah. Exactly. But they did, which makes it all the better. Pumpkinhead 4, Blood Feud. All right, so moving a year later into 2007 with Pumpkinhead 4, also known as Pumpkinhead Blood Feud. All right. Directed by Michael Hurst. Hurst, yeah. Sounds like the guy from Troma. (laughs) A little bit, right? What's his name? I know he You know what does kind of annoy me, bro? That they called it. Ashes to Ashes, but not Pumpkinhead 3, Ashes to Ashes, but then they call this one Pumpkinhead 4. And even on the DVD, it's annoying because it's like 1, 2, Ashes to Ashes, 4. 
<laughs> you know, it looks so stupid. I really, yeah, makes no sense. <laughs> it really doesn't make any sense. All right. Assholes. When true love between two young lovers are threatened by their family's violent feud, their only chance of peace leads them to summoning up the monstrous pumpkin head who brings even bigger horrors. Yes, sir. So this is a Hatfields and McCoy story with Pumpkinhead. It's a fucking love story disguised as a horror film. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Um, so Hatfields and McCoy's is, is basic it's tr- it's a traditional story. You see it play out in cartoons and it's been adapted and yes. you know, done so many times. Um just two families that hate each other. Um but they throw some Romeo and Juliet into the mix with uh with this film with the two like two lovers from each family um (laughs) i actually like this one more than yeah i actually like this one too a lot man i think it's you know it's kind of cool man they managed to incorporate lance hendrickson again in this film Mm -hmm. you know playing the same kind of ghostly angel i guess you would say um i like that man I like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, this isn't, I don't know where you kind of fit this in. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not a fan. of. It's like another, it's like another kind of direct sequel to part one almost. You know what I mean? It's not like, I wouldn't say it's a straight sequel to part three, but it it, like, it's not necessarily erasing anything that could have happened in part three. It's just like a, it's like a side story to, you know, part one. It's like, okay, now this is the next time this happens. It's quite clearly not in the same area. Again, this one was also shot in Romania, so it has the same feel as part three. But except it, for they do do a little bit better job with like the the house that they live in and stuff. Yeah. Like that looks like some almost like Amish type type living there. Um, so uh, yeah, that I mean, it, it, but yeah, you're right. It, it, just the like, just the color of the, like the woods is just feels like European. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. But um, yeah, so it, it, you you have. Uh, there is some spotty acting in this one, like there was in the last one. Um, there was one really bad part. I, re- I think it was like it's right after, ankle. right like, after. Where, where'd she go, Paul? Or where'd she go? If you don't tell me, I'm gonna break your chair. It's like Jesus Christ. Oh, the fucking Hadfield. The Hadfield brothers are the worst in this film. <laughs> All of them are just terrible. Yeah. I felt like I felt like some of the actors might have been Romanian trying to do southern and american dub- accents like or were dubbed like there's these two guys like right after Pumpkinhead gets unleashed that's what i thought uh, too man like, oh man i was like is this is this dubbed or is this like 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 you said like romanian actors doing americanized accents yeah i think it might have been like, that and they were just and they dubbed it over or something i don't know something was going on there though with the audio yeah. for sure for sure but yeah, they really do make this feel like super, super hillbilly. Like the fucking wedding at the beginning of the film. Like, <laughs> it's just like in this. They have like fucking candle lights and shit. It's like, it's like this what is... the fuck is this? <laughs> it's like in this barn. I'm like, where the fuck is the hay? <laughs> you know, kind of thing, right? Yeah. It's called electricity. But it's kind of an interesting. I mean, it's a little bit of an interesting story. I mean, you throw this kind of Romeo and Juliet thing, as you, as you called it, uh, this family feud type thing. I kind of like that idea because. It's interesting how it progresses and, you know, the girl Jody is, you know, this one girl, the heart of this is essentially the whole cause of it. You know, she's not theoretically, you know, yeah. responsible for conjuring up the the uh, the demon, 
but she yeah, is it was the her sole boyfriend, cause. Right? Yeah. If, but she's so, she's the sole cause of it. I kinda like that. That's kinda interesting. So the 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 boyfriend wants to kill like all the Hatfields except for Jody. Yeah. Because uh, so, they, didn't they something happened to his sister, right? Yeah, so was that his sister? Yeah. Yes. They murdered her sister and then pushed her down well, the hill and she th- that's killed the, her. That's the interesting, hit her head. That's the interesting thing. They didn't kill her. Yeah. Right? She actually did fall and hit her head and died. So, yeah. of course, yeah, we've got the Hatfields and McCoys. They've got this huge family beef. I guess the McCoys are hated by the Hatfields because they came into the town and fucking ruined it. Something about a car. <laughs> yeah, it was a car. they tell the story about, you know, how... Well, I think one of the uncles, how he was in, why he's in a wheelchair, he got hit by a car and stuff. And they were yeah, supposed but that's to, how it all started. Yeah, though. they were supposed to give him this car as you know, you know, as a sorry, <laughs> you know, for breaking yeah. your legs and paralyzing you. But they never did. So this is how this whole family started. Now we've got these lovers. Got and, mad family members too, man. None of these people know I about condoms. That's what I never <laughs> understood about these families. How in the fuck is there so many kids? <laughs> Like, I'm chicks? serious. The Hatfields have, like, there must be fucking 20, 20 kids. I'm like, was the was the parents still having kids? Yeah, <laughs> it's insane to me. Got like twenty brothers. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's oh, fucking insane. But yeah. So, anyways, the boyfriend and girlfriend they're out in the woods doing their thing, and they've got um, Ricky's sisters supposedly supposed to be watching out. The boys get whiff that their sisters out there with one of the McCoys. And what happens is she, you know, she sees them. She starts to fucking run from the brothers and she trips and falls, hits her head. And of course, Ricky freaks the fuck out and assumes that, you they know, the, the Hatfields had killed his sister. So he, no good damn rotten Hatfields, you know, they <laughs> yep. are the no good. They're doing everything wrong. So he's fucking pissed off as hell. And he basically wants to run off with his girlfriend. And mm-hmm. the only way to do it is, you know, to get rid of everybody so they can, you know, live happily ever after. Because he figures that, you know, if they take off, they're never going to be free. They're always going to be hunted down and shit. And his best way now is to solve this thing with his sister. So they conjure up the demon and all hell breaks loose. All hell breaks yeah, loose. Yeah, and you know, one thing that they do kind of differently in this one, at first, he's actually enjoying all the vengeances. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I mean, I, I think that it's... I think it's because there's you know, so much hatred for that yeah, family. It's it's like it's self-satisfaction. Nice... It's like it's not even satisfying. It's like for your everybody, you know, it's not just about yeah. you at that point. Yeah. It, and also it's, you know, four films in like, let's have a different perspective this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, we've seen how it normally plays out. But what if somebody is just truly like reveling in it? You know what I mean? So like that's kind of uh, interesting, like a nice little difference on that um and you know of course you have uh see but Pumpkinhead doesn't kill uh the his girlfriend though right like she he's like no because when he conjures up the demon he is he is basically advised to take all the people that were responsible like I think he literally says you know yeah see but doesn't that become a little bit problematic because technically they didn't do shit, but does it matter? I guess, right? Like, I don't think it matters because at that point, you know, if you're going to conjure it up, I mean, there has to be, there has to be kind of, you know, there has to be something there, you know, like, like could you just conjure up Pumpkinhead and be like, I really hate Jerry, 
Like, could Jeremy <laughs> just go and be like, I really dislike Jerry Haggis. He didn't mention us they, when he was doing men- podcast. So does he, like, does he murder all of Jerry's family? Like, could, could, or, 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 I mean, he's even delegated Jerry, to like, do. Could, he's delegated. Could he, yeah. Like, Jeremy's not getting revenge. Could you just conjure up Pumpkinhead just to take out someone you don't like? <laughs> I think yeah, that's, the, I think that's the way hell, it works, so. though. I mean, it. I think I, so, they, too. They don't actually show it so much, but you get the idea that, you know, you're delegating the demon to do the Your people. Bit. Yeah, you're bidding for, the, you know, the people that you're delegating to go kill. And he obviously states, you know, you got to leave her out of this. But everybody Jeremy's else like, in the family what state is, is, is in again. Unless, but they do specify in the film, if she was to get in between and try and stop, Pumpkinhead would kill her. Yeah, because Pumpkinhead don't play that shit. Yeah, if you anybody tries, he does it. You know, if somebody tries to get up in Pumpkinhead's face, he fucks them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some pretty decent kills in this one. Actually, <laughs> this one doesn't have like any CGI really. You know what I mean? Compared to the third one, now nah, Pumpkinhead looks good, man. The witch kind of looks like Marilyn Manson at times. <laughs> Is it the same lady? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's Marilyn Manson. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it's the same exact witch from the previous film. It, you know what? I never even looked. I'm looking right. Yeah, it is. So yeah. she plays this the same lady. At least they got the same lady. That's kind of cool, right? Oh, she looks completely different, though. Definitely looks different. <laughs> different, yeah, she does different makeup, different. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I dig this one, man. I think that it's. I think that it's an interesting little twist to have the the family. Like battling each other while pumpkin heads like, and then they come together because like the enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing. You know what I mean? Because they're both dealing with pumpkin head at that point. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, with these type of movies, they always have to throw these subplots in. You know, with I guess it's in the prologue in the beginning of the film with the sheriff, right? To the where the guy becomes a sheriff and stuff. Yeah, um, she's like Dallas. Like, fi- I don't think it's the Hatfields. I think it's Pumpkinhead. <laughs> well, he figures. He, well, he figures out how to kill because remember he had that run in with Pumpkinhead right when he was younger, mm-hmm. and he ends up shooting the guy that you know. He's like, well, if I'm gonna fucking die, he's gonna die too, kind of thing. I like that yeah. how they actually threw that in there, and then he realized. Yeah. But it's so fucking stupid because there becomes a part uh, later on in the film. He actually shoots Pumpkinhead in the head, or he tries to shoot Pumpkinhead. I'm like, dude, you know that you can't fucking kill him. Like that. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what the so, fuck? I like it that very. I actually like how this one it ends on a downer note, too, kind of, right? Like, mm-hmm. she um, essentially realizes that, like, she got to kill her boyfriend. Yeah. To save so her that's, sister. And that's kind of what I was the, leading like, at. I guess the rest of her family. I think pretty much everybody's dead by then. So, <laughs> just her sister. <laughs> yeah, sister. There, there was, I think there was a couple of people left, but yeah, she had to make the hard decision of. You know, taking out the one that uh, that she loves. Yeah, pretty cool, man. I, I mean, I like this one. Yeah, it's actually pretty entertaining. Again, a little bit too long. I can't. I, yeah. I just. I can't fucking believe this movie's got longer as they went along. <laughs> well, no, it's the same running time, ninety-five minutes. Is it ninety-five? I think I thought yep. the last one was only ninety-five, and the was other it? one was ninety-five. Still ninety-five minutes for. <laughs> so two hours with two insane. hours with commercials. But yeah. I think this one overall is a little bit better than part three. You know, yeah. at least they Less didn't CG, they, yeah. more of a um you know, interesting like narrative with more subplots. The only problem with, I think with both of these two films, 
um, is the amount of characters. There's so many. You yeah. can't tell anybody apart. Everybody seems the same to you. You know, besides like the main one, obviously Lance Henriksen, uh, but and stuff. But yeah, um, I, I guess, guess it's, it's back to maybe it's kind that? of realistic though because these families do have like thirty fucking kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, so no trivia on this one, right, Jeremy? Nope. All Not right. one uh, thing. Crazy. I guess I will rate this one um, first, and I'm gonna go ahead and say that I like this one a little bit more so I'm coming in at like uh, 6.5 out of 10 you're up moods oh yeah um, yeah, yeah we man. went in a different order this time I noticed yeah I surprisingly really enjoyed this one after you sent me a link because I didn't tell the story but I went to go fucking <laughs> watch this movie and my fucking DVD the top is, is like peeled so Ugh. it wouldn't fucking play. I don't know what happened to did it. Did you ever watch it? Yes. Or I, did you just buy it and no, shelf no, it? no. I've I've had this movie for a long. Time. I've watched it before, and it played fine. So I don't know if it got like shelf rot or something. You get the odd disc like that. I don't know. But I was like, fucking, what the hell? And I couldn't find a link anywhere. And we were like supposed to record. <laughs> like this is yeah, insane. that day too. So and I was at work, so I couldn't get you. Like we, we tried to find a link online, but. <sighs> For whatever reason, this movie is hard to find online. We did find a link, but it was in like Spanish or something like that. So yeah, of but and I have the Spanish. I have the DVD, so I just ripped it and, and sent it his way. But I was like, "Why the hell is Jeremy not ripping it?" And you dumbass, you got a computer, a really expensive computer without a DVD drive for some reason. The way they come these days, bro. Yeah, they that's dumb, do. man. You should at least buy a drive. Okay. You don't think? <laughs> For emergencies like this. Ha- yeah, you, you used to always rip stuff when we couldn't Still got my it. laptop. So, okay, so you should have did it on there then. <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> oh, yeah, lazy, sitting at home doing nothing. Yeah, I'm pulling my meat or, I mean, fingering my fadge and doing nothing. <laughs> fingering your fadge? My fadge. Is that is that hard to do through those pull-ups? Yeah. Especially since they're full of shit and piss. <laughs> oh, nice. So, so what do you got on this one, then? Man, I actually really enjoy this film. I mean, the acting might even be worse in part three in this film. I don't know. So, sometimes Some spots. It, it is, yeah. man. Some parts are just atrocious. Um but I don't know, man. I found this film to be actually quite entertaining. Considering I'm not a big fan of like love stories, I really don't like love much. I don't know what it is. I'm just not a fan of it. And I used Mark, to hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. But I've come around on... Like, why don't you like story. it? It's, a, it's just overrated. Love is overrated. Cheesy. It's cheesy. Usually. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, romantic... I can't watch that shit, man. It's but like it's, it's, it's not very often you see a horror film that actually has, like, a big relationship. Like, it's the big focal point of a film. Pretty spring. interesting. That's the one I always think of, Spring. Yeah, and I'll give him props for actually making it work. Like, you take this whole family feud thing. It's fucking cool with a revenge demon. Not bad. Um, I'm also at a 6.5 out of 10 on this one. Oh... It's a little bit better than part three, but, you know, it falls. It's a little bit too long. Five out of ten for me. Five out of ten. Nice. 
Uh, you know what? Was that real? <laughs> oh man, that's that's a little See, bit dingy. Jeremy came into the show thinking that I was the only one that was gonna like the other two, the last two Pumpkinhead movies. <laughs> And he was I don't like, like any other Dave, why movies, do you like this? And then Moods was like, actually, I like this too. And then just quiet. What do you want just me to say? Shut. I just was like, oh, damn. I just See, don't care for the Pumpkinhead. Beat me up. <laughs> I just don't care for the Pumpkinhead franchise. No, I understand that. I'm just saying that you guys, you thought you were going to, you and Moods were going to tag team me. And it didn't happen. Because I, I like Moods. <laughs> what? <Dick. laughs> no, I'm saying that like. Normally, when it like normally, it sucks to be the guy that's the odd man out. Because Moods always right? fucking sells me out every time he says he likes something. And then he <laughs> I doesn't, never, so. never sold you out. You man. did. You totally sold me out that one time. <laughs> Dude, I literally love that narrative because total like, bullshit. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, I hate that movie too. I can't wait to talk shit about it. And then all of a sudden, you're like, "Yeah, I like this movie." I never. That's not the way that went at all. (laughs) Yes, it is, dude. I tore that movie a fucking asshole. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't, dude. You 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 threw me under the bus. What did I give it a five out of ten? I forgot what movie it was. Oh yeah, I fucking love that movie. I love that. movie. What movie was it? The curve. It was the curve. Oh yeah, it's the curve. You're like, oh yeah, that movie was so shit. It and was like, shitty. Out. It was fucking shitty. That's the best episode ever. And I, no, that episode. One thirty three. That is one of our good episodes. Moods no, didn't think. fucking Andrew is on there, and he's just like not talking because his mic's being blowing. Blowing. Fucking, He was blowing 13. floating heads all show and other. Yeah, but it was a talks. really funny episode. Yeah, because Moods sold me out. <laughs> it's so funny that you think it's that. funny because it doesn't make sense which is why it's so funny to me <laughs> dude I think giving a 5 out of 10 on something isn't exactly loving shit out of something did you give a 5? no you didn't did you? I think so something like that it was like 5 no, uh, I thought you gave it like 6 or something 6 and a half maybe 5 and a half uh, I'm looking. <laughs> Either way, he sold me out. So. Oh, God. <laughs> so did you think he was going to sell you out on Pumpkinhead? Mm, no, because we didn't really talk about part three and four. It was only part two. So if he came in and he's like, yeah, I really like part two, I would have been really pissed off. <laughs> Would you have been like, you motherfucker, you sold me out. <laughs> yeah, because all he does is talk shit about Pumpkinhead 2. I was going to be fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's great. You gave it a six point five. I was right. Oh, okay, something like liar, that. bitch. So you did sell him out down the river. I didn't sell him out. Jesus Christ. Yeah, didn't you know it? <laughs> All right, let's get out of this bitch before my uh, depends get more wet. All right. <laughs> All righty. Well, that was episode one hundred and forty-one. Thank you, Derek, for picking the Pumpkinhead franchise. It was actually kind of fun to revisit them, except for part two. Fuck Derek Blood didn't Wings. Pick. Derek's next week. No, this was Derek. No, this was Derek's pick. Oh. I'm pretty Sam, fucking... Sam's is next week. Yeah. Gotcha. Sam's is Yeah, next this week. was... Uh, no, I, I, like all, I, I like all four of them. I understand why you don't like the part two, and I honestly understand why Jeremy doesn't like... So you said you're three. not a fan... Like, you say you're not a fan of the franchise, but you do like the first one? Yeah, I just don't care for the Pumpkinhead movies. I don't know. They all feel the same to me in some way or another. Well, they kind of are. 
Yeah, and then when they're not, people bitch because part two. Well, part two sucks. I think you're just not a sequel guy. I honestly think that. You don't like sequels. The Child Play sequels are okay. Well, but that's your favorite thing. Saw 3 is good. Saw 3 is really good. I mean, normally, I'm just saying, like, if you take all the sequels, I feel like you're always down if a movie is similar to the previous one. Don't you you say that a lot? The car part two. No, I do. No. Oh, you don't like? Okay. I like part four. Yeah. See, I'm not a big fan of part two either. Different. (laughs) Part part two is like Pumpkinhead two. My favorite thing about part three is the awesome Chicago setting. (laughs) Yeah, even though it's LA. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's it, man. Let's get the fuck out of here. Next week, we are going to be doing... Takashi Miike. Takashi Miike, courtesy of Sam, another Patreon. And the films are going to be Ichi the Killer, Gozu, and Audition. Audition. Yeah. I also have another review of another Asian film as a featured review, which is another pick. And we came to the conclusion it's like doing an entire franchise. All these movies yeah, are over we're doing two hours. Asian themed. It's like fucking nine hours of movies for four movies. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I need to get prepping. I'm halfway done. Haven't even fucking started, man. And we got a short week this week. It's like we're um this is our Five Thursday. Like, this is like a short NFL week, you know? <laughs> Play a Thursday and then again on Sunday. Oh yeah, I gotta do my picks for that shit. Or uh Monday rather. But yeah. So Jeremy, Jeremy right. takes that out of here. All right. Thank you everybody. I'm gonna talk really slow this time so I don't sound like I'm selling stuff on eBay. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 141 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horde podcast. If you want to tell Moods, fuck you for throwing me under the bus, you could do so at youtube.com slash moods616. If you want to follow JP over on his channel, please do so at youtube.com slash doubleshotj. And please, please, please come over to my channel and send me some new pull-ups because I only have two left in that box, and this room is going to smell really bad at youtube.com slash nesrule22. And as always, please follow us on the Facebook page, facebook.com search bar, 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. Please leave us any voicemail you have at 724-426-6665. And of course, we will not answer. Please send us any questions at the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror at gmail.com. This is 22 Shots of Moods and Horror at gmail.com please follow us on twitter if you'd like to see jp fight with people from bloody disgusting twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast and as always please support the patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina patreon.com slash 22 shots podcast that should do it everybody for episode 141 of the 22 shots of movies horror podcast we'll be back next week with of course like we just mentioned the Tashke Mike retrospective, which will include a lot of mispronounced names. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> this is what it sounded like. <laughs> Mike! Tashi Mike. Ha, 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 ha.